Good evening, everybody. Hope you had a wonderful weekend and your week has started uh, well. In a, after a few days where um, protesters ran amok at the Grand National and tonight have caused carnage at the snooker, we just have to hope they don't find their way to the next biggest thing happening in British sport, Fools Rush In's Monday Night Panel. We have got a, a large array of panellists and a very, very special guest that I'm sure you're all going to be delighted to see. Before we say hello and good evening to them, if I could draw your attention to tonight's big question. Uh, after the fun that we all had on Friday, we want to know your unpopular or controversial food opinions over the course of the episode, please. And uh, now it's time to roll the titles. Take my whole life too, but I can't fall in love with you. And just before we start, um. We would like to send our congratulations to TSFC, the Stevenage Football Club podcast, uh, after they were tonight announced the EFL League Two podcast of the year. Congratulations to them, very much deserved um, for anyone who remembers. Uh, we, we've done a bit of back and forth trading of panellists appearing on both shows, and we're absolutely delighted for them. And uh, as I put out on our Facebook earlier, to everyone who put us forward for the uh, for the award as well and, and helped us even get into the top four conversation, it really does mean the world. Thank you very much. But congratulations to TSFC on a very much deserved award. Uh, now, let's, uh, let's start with the highlight reel, shall we? A man who has, well managed to wind up more Swindon fans over the course of maybe six months than we've done in two and a half years. It's very impressive work and a man who was able to give out that award earlier today. Good evening, Liam. Welcome back to Fools. Ah, yeah. Um, yeah, I never thought about it like that. Yeah, I have wound up a lot of Swindon fans. This is probably going to go one or two ways. How are we doing? Are we doing all right? Very, very well. Thank you, sir. How about yourself? Great. I'm absolutely great. I'm excited for tomorrow. I can't wait. It's going to be exciting. I bet you are. That that makes one of us that's excited yes. for tomorrow. I'm excited for the game. I've got a bad feeling. Um, have you, uh, by the way, uh, I will be asking all the panellists as they come on, have you got a controversial or unpopular food opinion for everyone to, to discuss and debate? Because they seem to really enjoy it on Friday when we weren't talking about the football. Nando's is incredibly overrated. Could not agree more. Just an overpriced, <laughs> just an overpriced KFC is all yeah. it is. Yeah. Uh, oh, look, we've actually got a nice comment. Just as I get one on Twitter that says, for fuck's sake, he's here with laughing, crying emojis. We also that. get one. We also get one saying, evening, Liam. Nice to chat earlier. You really are the Marmite of Swindon fans, aren't you? Yeah, I, I love it. It's great. But bring Liam. He brings the heavy hitters in the crowd as well. Ryan's watching. Evening, Ryan, who had a cheeky Nando's just yesterday. 
So uh, there you go. That's that's what all the big time journalists are eating these days, lads and lasses. Cheeky Nando's before they. He's a Lincoln fan, though, mate. You can't really take his judgment. Is that right? Fair enough. Fair enough. Pinch of salt, which ironically you don't get at Nando's. Uh, Next, (laughs) next, let's say hello and good evening to the man, the myth, the legend that is BTB. Oh, it's me. How are you, sir? Hello, Fifey. Hello, Chewy. Yeah, hello, boys. This always ends well when we're together, doesn't it? Yeah, it's always good. It's always good. No doubt we'll be at each other's throat in no less than 20 minutes or so. But until then, it's really nice to see you. It's what people come for, is to watch me and you bicker. I know, each other and everything, but it's only love is here today, really. But yeah, all good, all good. Looking forward to it, and good looking forward to tomorrow as well, even though we're going to get stuff. And do you have an unpopular or controversial food opinion? Or would you like to comment on Liam's? I was that one earlier, because I like food. If anyone knows me, knows I like food. And I was thinking, hmm. And I was thinking, do you know what I quite like? And I quite fancy this every now and then. I wouldn't mind that today. Basmati rice, yeah, tomato sauce, and a spoon. Really good. <laughs> Fucking hell. Like, I'm I'm as basic as they come, but behave, lads. How old are you? <laughs> when are you doing that? When I'm at work. When I'm at work, and I get like 15 when minutes to have lunch. I microwave just a few lunch, rip it open, put it in a bowl, tomato sauce to give it some flavour, and eat it. Ben, if you work for me, I'd sack you. No, it's just, just it's just quick and easy to be bothered. It's been my 15 minutes. So like yum. And it's um, like I said I'm popular. I like it. It's really you good. Did, no, no, that's what that's the sort of thing I was and after. And, and if, if you want to go push the boat out, get a sandwich, butter it up, put it on the sandwich, fold it up, and then you've got like a little sandwich pasty basmati rice and tomato sauce thing. A basmati rice and tomato sauce sandwich? Yeah. Well, at least you get your carb intake, I suppose. My word. Uh, Evening Gav, who's been in touch with uh, uh, seafood has no place on top of a pizza. Thoughts on that one, gents? Mm. I, I quite like prawns and stuff, depending. No. no, we've done the prawn chat before. Tuna, I can get on board with. I could do tuna. Mm. But any other fish or seafood on top of a pizza, yeah, no, I'm, I'm not about that life. However, yeah, Gav, quite nice. I'm not I'm not jumping on this train, Gav, because pineapple belongs on every pizza. No, pineapple no, it doesn't. Fuck off. That doesn't. <laughs> pineapple, get it. Yeah, I'm, I, I, me and Ben don't agree on much, but we'll agree on that. Pineapple, get gone. <laughs> get off. Uh, Claire's been in touch. Uh, Evening Gents. Oh, I suppose I could just flash it up. Evening Gents, this is going to be painful listening, I fear, as we seem to know what the result will be. And the question for us all, what do you call the end of a loaf of bread? Well, given that Liam is from Bradford, he's almost certainly going to get it wrong. Given that Ben's in the West Midlands, he's almost certainly going to get it wrong. It's the crust. It is the crust. My mum and dad have called it the knobby before, or the knobby and the end of the bread. Ben, are you sure they weren't just talking about you? <laughs> you're, the, you're the knob at the end of the bread. Go get that knobby out of the kitchen and Ben comes in with the end of a loaf of bread. Yeah, that might be a point. That might be a point. Christian's saying pineapple's fine as long as it's with ham and mushroom. Uh, Garv says evening. I hope you're well, buddy, as well. Uh, Nigel's not happy with one of these suggestions. I'm not sure which one he's being sick to, but he is. And um, Garv uh, just followed up saying pineapple could do one. 
He also says it's known as the crust. Um, uh, Jane asking, do you see yourself having a cocktail at a match? Um, Given that, I mean, I'm not a big drinker anyway, so it's difficult for me to say yes. I I couldn't do, I don't see it at a match, maybe after a match. I don't know what you guys think. I've never gone to a game, looked at the gone to the bar and gone, do you know what I fancy? Pina Colada. I've never done that. Yeah, I've always gone, I'll have a JD and Coke. Forget this, that. forget this for a minute. So Chloe said knob of bread, but Joe, Joe's come in, the slut. Everyone has touched it and nobody wants it. <laughs> no, see, I like it. I like the crust. I like that last piece. There's only me and I think there's only me in the house that eats it here. Um <laughs> But on the cocktails thing, Ben, the reason you've never wanted one is because they're not on the menu. I've never thought about that, but I think I would love to watch football with a nice cocktail. <laughs> It'd be class. Oh, yeah. It's prawn sandwich brigade, though. It's what you are. Though. Yeah. Just as Ryan says in hospitality. That, that the comfy seats. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we must move on, on because we we have more panellists waiting to come on and plenty of uh, plenty more food chat, I'm sure, before we get into the football. Uh, but as you mentioned hospitality there, Ben, it'd be rude not to introduce Wazza next. How are you, pal? Well, how was that going to come up for me? <laughs> how are you both? We are actually in hospitality tomorrow. I've got a Bradford fan coming down from work. Um, he's coming down and, yeah, we. he said, oh, we'll go in hospitality. And I was like, oh, God. I didn't really <laughs> want to go because I can, can't face what's going to happen. But you never know. We could surprise ourselves tomorrow. Well, well, I like the positivity. Uh, do you have any uh, controversial or unpopular food chat for those watching? Five Guys is massively overrated and overpriced. I and found that, yeah, out. Overpriced and overrated. Overpriced. I can't, I can't. Do you know what? I agree, but I would still rather pay that than, than pay exactly the same price in Nando's. Yeah. Okay. They do, do healthy portions of chips as well, which is good. Yeah. <laughs> Where were we? Northampton. Northampton. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was really impressed with their chip size of portions. So <laughs> many chips in Northampton. I've never had a five, guys. I've walked in and seen the menu and been like, that is ridiculously expensive so, and walk back out. So here's the yeah. thing, right? So five guys, you can do various concoctions of stuff. But genuinely, a, a friend of mine, we've been in a couple of times, and he will always order a milkshake with bacon in it. I've heard oh, about God. that. I've heard about that. Oh. There's a few people that get that, built, that milkshake with bacon. I don't know what it is, but... It kind of makes me no, I can't it. bring myself to like I like milkshake and I like bacon, but I don't necessarily want the two Ooh. together. Yeah, worth well, a crack, man. <laughs> uh, we've got a comment here. Uh, Pyman's gonna get destroyed by lower league look, but fuck me, basmati rice and ketchup is absolutely wrong in behavior. Yeah, Ben, that is a wrong one. That is, that is <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> This is what people come for. They only stay for the... If you look at the analytics, they only stay for the opening half hour when we do this bit. You didn't go, what actually goes quite nicely with stuff that you quite recommend. No, you said, what is like... So you don't even like it? No, I like it. It's nice. I had loads of it, but it's... (laughs) I I can do it different types of rice as well. I can go... Oh, mix it up, then. And have Mexican... Um, Mexican uh, rice and fucking hell, Ben. It's not getting ben, any better. Ben, it does not matter what rice you use, it's still rice and ketchup. <laughs> you can't polish a turd, but you can roll it in glitter. 
That is literally what you're doing there. That's what Morris is doing right now. Yeah, it is. He he put a glitter on it, that's for sure. Just kicking a turd around the field. We're only about halfway through, so at the midway point, there's only one man we can introduce next. Good evening, Mark. Ah, Evening, Fifey. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. I've just caught sight of an advert, actually, on ITV1, um, which reminds me to be quite sombre at this moment and to suggest that... For the princely sum of five pounds a month, you can afford to keep Ben in Basmati Rice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear it's me. Cheap, though, isn't it? It's cheap food. It is definitely you know, cheap. And in the time of low cost of living crisis. Ben, have we ever officially said where you work on a live stream? Do you remember? Not on a live stream, no. Okay. No, the only reason I ask is because Misha said. Uh, ben, you work for the poshest supermarket and you recommend that. <laughs> ben looks a little. <laughs> yes. Ben, ben, you, well, he's actually closer to uh, Audi territory. Can I Can I just say to you, Liv's just texted me and said, because yeah. she's watching, her... Even Liv from the Salford Boys? From the Salford Boys. Yeah, her controversial man. is, and this is going to be up Ben Street, a bourbon sandwich. Bourbon sandwich? As in, as in the biscuit? Yep. Who <laughs> the fuck puts biscuits in bread? I, and honestly, I didn't know that. So, Liv, if you're watching this, and I know you are, pack your shit, get going. <laughs> I want you out before I get up to bed. Bourbon sandwich. Do you know what? I wouldn't mind. She hasn't bought bourbons in three years since I've been together. I love bourbons. We've never got bourbons here. I've got some custard greens. Got some custard creams here. <laughs> Oh, so you know like big custard creams you can buy. <laughs> you know, you can buy big bourbon. Yeah, yeah, like the cake ones. Yeah, like the cake. They're quite nice. I like them. Uh, Claire says an old favourite of mine is mashed potato sandwiches with ketchup. Yeah, my ex used to do that, and uh, she's my ex. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> or pasties, pasty in a bread pasty sandwich. Oh, I know a few people who do pasty sandwiches. Bread. I think they <laughs> he like loves bread. bread. Right, but is it always white bread, or do you mix the breads up? Oh no, Sarah buys brown bread because it makes you go. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> why, right? It makes you go where? This is why Ben's been so happy with Swindon this season because when he's been watching on TV, he's had a slice of bread either side at telly. And it just makes it so much better. <laughs> that's where his view comes from. I'm a simple soul, oh, easily dear. pleased. I don't know if you back. saw this. One. I don't know if you saw this one. Was Toby says football is always better on a padded seat. <laughs> It is very true. Um, Mark, did I actually get as far as asking you for a controversial opinion? Well, I don't think it's controversial because I'm sure this is, this is a bit of a Marmite, Marmite scenario, but um, I think that McDonald's is awful when compared to Burger King. Um, she was Burger-wise, Burger King is probably better. Chips-wise, McDonald's far exceeds Burger yeah, King. Yeah, I, I actually agree. Angus McDonald. <laughs> 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 Who? <laughs> yeah, no, I agree there, Five for Chips. Chips are McDonald's all through, all the way. Although, um, again, and, and I have this argument at work where people, when when you have the conversation at work, you're like, oh, what do you get from McDonald's? And someone says, oh, I have the filet fish Who the fuck goes to McDonald's yeah. for the fish? But then I, I kind of realise that I'm I'm breaking my own thought process there because I will again say, Chicken nuggets at McDonald's are far superior to Burger King as well. Chicken nugget, yeah. A box of 20 chicken nuggets 
Easily right. doable in a sitting. <laughs> in, in two in slices bread. of bread. Yeah. Box um, of chicken nuggets yeah. in the bread, covered yeah. in basmati rice, yeah. and then yeah. ketchup yeah. over the top of them. They've got very honey. Just on that point, you were saying about a, a fillet of fish you wouldn't have, but would you eat a fish finger sandwich? Oh, mate, fish finger sandwich is elite, but you don't go Absolutely. to McDonald's for a fish finger sandwich. Good my, my missus gets the fillet of fish every time. <laughs> Sorry, Liv. <laughs> However, Jamie's got a very good point. Who goes to McDonald's for the chips? Who doesn't? And uh, Gav says, uh, can't wait for the next supermarket advert advertising a rice sandwich with sauce and saying only 36p a portion. You can see Kia Starmer and Rishi Sunak, aren't they? <laughs> they're saying how you can survive pouring rice on bread. Oh, superb. We still have two more panellists. We've been going in 20 minutes and two people are still sat in the lobby. Uh, let's bring in a man who I've been enjoying just watching his reactions to what people have been saying as much as anything. I hope he's as entertaining live on screen. Even if we're... You all right, Woody? How are you? Ben. Ben, you fucking wrong, and I'm going to slap you with a big wet fish next time. <laughs> Bloody basmati rice and tomato ketchup. That is gross. That is just wrong. And definitely the knob at the end of the bread. Um, <laughs> well, uh, Woody, before we, we get your opinion, uh, congratulations, by the way, on your big win this weekend. Of course. Of course. 5-0. Um, My girls were brilliant. Or our girls well were brilliant. Uh, but you can have first say on the latest food opinions come in. Uh, and it is uh, oven or microwave a jacket potato? Depends how good your microwave is. I like to put it in the microwave for speed and then put it in the oven to finish off to crisp it up. Oh, look at that. That's Chef Woody there. Yeah. Um, I'll be honest, I always oven do mine. If I haven't got time to oven do it, I'm not having it. Jacket potato in the microwave is rank. Uh, Mark, oven, microwave? Yeah, I, I definitely prefer the, uh, the, the, the crispy outer of a uh, an oven cooked jacket potato rather than the limp toilet paper <laughs> finish of a microwave jacket potato. Do you agree, Wazza? Yeah, definitely. I can't yeah, imagine Wazza's ever had a microwave jacket potato. Or a jacket potato. Yeah. <laughs> what are you trying to say, Mark? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just about to say, actually, not a big fan of jacket potatoes, to be fair. I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. Uh, Liam? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a fan of Jackie potatoes, but I, I'd say oven. We, to be fair, we don't own a microwave. No, nor do I. Um, so we we don't have the option. But if if we had to have one, it'd be oven. But I, I've I could probably count on one hand the amount of times that we've had a Jackie potato. Okay. Uh, bear in mind, you haven't had more ones in three years. It's completely understandable. I know. You should nobody little, said, little nobody said air fryer. Anybody got an air fryer? Anybody got an air fryer? Yes, air fryer. I haven't <laughs> air fried them yet. But are they, are they um, good? See. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm just, oh. <laughs> I had a suggestion chucked to me. Woody's just I one bought, of those that likes to put his hand up. I just, so I just say, I've got an air oh, yeah, I've got an air fryer. I've got an air fryer. I've got a dual what? air fryer. Have you got the yeah. Ninja dual? Yeah. yeah. No, not the Ninja, mate. I did. I've got, I've got the Ninja. <laughs> He's not on that lower league look money, is he? We got it as a Christmas present. It's the good, though. The air fryer is a game changer for me. Ben? I quite like a jacket potato. Uh, but it needs to be it needs to be cooked. It needs to be cooked properly. And smothered in basmati rice. No, I'm not <laughs> going to. You can have chili con carne in a jacket potato. That's quite nice. 
Um, yeah. So, uh, chili con carne in there. But it goes with anything. It even goes like beans and cheese and everything. So speaking speaking of way. beans, Toby, that, that is fucking Ben level wrong. What? Beans and roast dinner. I don't even have that. <laughs> I don't even do Absolute that. Absolute wrong. I can see how that would work, though. No, no, no. no. It mixed with the gravy. The bean sauce and the gravy just be minging. Uh, and here's where someone pipes up, by the way, with KFC gravy, which we've already dispelled as a myth. Uh, packet of cheese and crisp with a pickled egg inside the packet, yes. says Claire. Mark's on board with that one. Yeah. Uh, go on, Woody, what was your unpopular or controversial one? Well, just to annoy Ben, I absolutely can't stand ketchup. <laughs> absolutely can't stand ketchup. It doesn't yeah. even taste like tomatoes, for fuck's sake. It's no, it just doesn't. Like, I don't like tomatoes. It's just horrible, syrupy. It tastes like sugar when it ain't got sugar in it. It's horrible. Fucking disgusting stuff. And then you put it on top of basmati rice. You'd be absolutely bellend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, talking food again, Gary. Yes, we are, because it's what people come for. Half an hour of food chat before they all disappear and uh, leave us talking about the football. Uh, we have one last panellist waiting to come on. And, uh, well, he's been on once before during food chat and made some wild statements which made him possibly the poshest teenager in Britain. Evening, Jack. Evening. Um, prawns do belong on a jacket potato. Prawns don't belong anywhere near any meal. He loves the prawns and jacket potatoes and that sort of thing. He loves seafood, Jack. See, I love prawns, but like cold prawns in seafood sauce. Only the little ones. I don't do king prawns. But yeah, I, the cold I, prawns. You don't have yeah. hot prawns, you have the cold ones. Can't have prawns near any other food, though. Uh, don't let it be said that Fools Rush In don't offer public service announcements, as AC's just uh, alerted everyone. Yeah, Audi yeah, do a dual air fryer for $89.99. I shit you not. Probably blow up and cremate your jacket potato after a few weeks, but worth the gamble. Can we can we just say we bought a cheap air fryer before the ninja and it, it did set on fire in our kitchen? <laughs> oh, <God>. Sensitive. <laughs> we've still got we've still got it. We've still got it. I keep meaning to take it back. But it's uh yeah. It, what the it kitchen just, or the air fryer? The, the air fryer. It just we were still in <laughs> it must the, be kitchen. the kitchen spot. <laughs> well, we could just hear it ticking, and I'm like, "What's that ticking?" And I lifted it up, and out of the fan underneath, there were just sparks and flames shooting out. We're like, "Oh Christ!" My yeah. word. Anyway, we are 25 minutes more or less into this. I think it's time to move on from the food. Uh, as Dave tweets in, this reminds me of my last Weight Watchers meeting, and uh, <laughs> and we. And move on to what we've all come for, and it's to talk football. Um, no. <laughs> sorry, but we have to. Should we have play to. this weekend? They did. No, they did. No, no, no. And, uh, and believe it or not, Woody, they did not lose. Right. However, it remains nine without a win as they uh, swing in town, draw nil-nil at home with Barrow at the weekend. Um, ben, I know you were there, uh, Jack as well. Uh, what I believe you were as well. Um, Mark, you weren't from memory, no? Um, what let, let's start. What I'm interested in, um, and was I'll start with you if I can. What was well, the atmosphere like before the kickoff? Was there was there a an air of negativity and 
sort of a, a an assumption people knew what was coming, or could you still feel a vibe that people were sensing a win was coming? No, it was very flat. It was just. <laughs> I just think I think everyone's just accepted. I think you know, the sad thing is the teams accept. We've all accepted that we're just going to sit in mid table, and it just feels like that they're on holiday. You know what I mean? Already, it just feels like they're on the beach. There's there's no real intensity to our play. There was some moments, but it it felt awfully. It felt like a, like a friendly. It just literally, and I was really disappointed. I'm not I'm not one of those to shit house other teams, but Barrow were fucking awful yeah. as well. A lot a of people that said were, that. That, that, that. For a team that were up there that uh, still have a chance of the playoffs, they were time-wasting. I was like, the game was there for the taking if they really wanted it. I don't think they had the quality really to to maybe... Call, they didn't cause us too many problems, but we were... We had patches or moments where we looked like a decent side. I think McEachern in the, in the pivot is... I think it could be a really good thing going forward. Um, I think he's got suggestion some, yeah. is as I understand it that the club have the option of extending that, so they're just waiting to yeah. pull, pull the trigger on that contract for yeah. next year. That's, that's very good news. Um, because he's just looked better and better. I was a bit skeptical a few weeks ago. I was thinking, is he just looking really good in a shit midfield? Um, but I think he actually is. Well, the answer to that is yes, yeah, the answer to that is yes, but I think he is definitely. You know, what I mean, he's got fine. He was finding passes that I don't think anyone else in our team could find. At, you know, what I mean, at the start. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love the comments we get in this. Just to mention, I, you know, what I mean, I thought through going for the game. I thought Brewitt had one of his best games that I've seen him in a town shirt. I thought he was very, very solid. Um, and whether this means that he's starting to bed in now and look like a centre-half that we we could do with. You know, I mean, I thought he had a very solid game. Him and McEachern, for me, were the, the two for us. But, yeah, on for what you said, the atmosphere was so flat. The only reason I was, luckily enough, my lad um, was on the pitch at half-time, and that was the reason that I, that I went. And, you know, I mean, because I've just had enough of how flat and how... There's no intensity to our game at the moment, and it is just drivel. Um, but yeah, my little lad going on the pitch at halftime made it all worth it. To be honest, it was yeah, it was brilliant. And the follow-up question, because I, I can literally only base it from from the pictures that I've seen. The official attendance was announced as eight thousand and eighty. From what I've seen, it looked like there was nowhere near that. No, there was nowhere near eight hundred and eighty. I was in the Arkle stand and, yeah, it's the classic thing that they've just counted all the season ticket holders there again, haven't they? And it's just, I think Barrow bought about like 100, so there was no way that there was like 7-9 Swindon. There was no <laughs> way. You know what I mean? You're looking over at the Dom Rogers, you normally don't get, but the gaps were like evident, like both sides. It was just, there was so many spaces and, yeah, there was definitely not. Okay, uh, Jack. Let, let me uh, come to you next. How did you think? Um, well, actually, let's start. Was it said that Barrow didn't offer or, or weren't as good as maybe a playoff chasing side? Were were you disappointed in what they offered as opposition? Uh, well, I wasn't actually at the game, but what I've heard is that they were time wasting and stuff. And they oh, it was Fred that like went, wasn't it? Not you. Sorry. Yeah, it felt like that they came for a draw. 
is what I've been told. And then that time wasted on goal kicks and just the fact that they didn't play for a win is what I heard. So. Uh, ben, from your perspective, I've seen a, a fair few people now um, say that we've looked better. We looked better than we have done in recent games, which is a positive. We had a clean sheet, which was a positive, and there was something that resembled um, work rate and effort, which yeah. is better than we've seen. So that's a positive. Would you agree? Yeah. Well, my my thoughts on the game. Uh, was simple, not shit. Um, wasn't good, not so far off good. It, it wasn't close. We didn't deserve really to win the game outright, but we were the only team trying to win that game. Um, I think the effort was there. I think there was one moment in the second half where Hepburn Murphy lost the ball around the halfway line and he sprinted back 20 yards to try and win it back and he got a round of applause. There was a lot of that going on. They're, they're trying, but it's like they're trying to play through treacle at the minute they're not working they're not having the confidence they're having the extra touch before making the pass they're not really being brave enough going forward they're not committing enough players going forward um, they're not moving the ball quick enough uh, there's no intensity going forward um barrow were there for the beating i mean absolute beating if they were playing a proper top end team they'd have got thrashed um i think there was, there was only uh, Whitfield who looked up for it. And then Barrow took them off after through the second half. And then they took their goal scorer, scored at trick on the weekend off. So they were quite happy not making the playoffs this season, obviously. Um, yeah, so um, I, I just I, it, it, it was a bit of a weird, weird game. But I wasn't angry at the end because I knew they put a shift in. And it was just... Yeah, it, my bar is so low. What I expect out of the club right now, I you know I was I, I I said before the game I think win, but I'm basing that on nothing. Just trying to be optimistic, and I was expecting rubbish, and I got average. It was the type of performance we've seen a lot of times early in this season when we couldn't break teams down like Crew, and that when we weren't good enough to break through these defensive teams, but we looked solid enough. Um, and that it was like a, a return to that sort of performance, which is an upgrade on what we've been seeing over the last five, six, seven weeks or so. Okay. Um, so it was slightly better, but still pretty bad. Woody, I know you would have seen the same sort of online content that I've seen. Um, you've heard the, what the likes of Ben has had to say. And uh, if I flash up the match stats alongside that as well from the BBC. Do you think, and I know we've mentioned this before, but do you believe when people are giving a certain level of praise, you know, there's an acknowledgement that maybe the performance level was better, but when there's a certain thing to say, we look a better team against Barrow than we have, stuff like that, is it just because we have been that average to, to you know, borderline pathetically <laughs> shit? that people are accepting the bare minimum as acceptable. Yeah, I think it's probably more actually, yeah, the expectations. As Ben said, the expectations are really low. I mean, I'm sorry, but I think we said in the chat by fee that I don't give a shit whether we're not playing very well, but to draw fucking nil-nil at home and only have one shot on target, that's dreadful. That is yeah. absolutely dreadful. I said that. Um, you know, it's kind of... 
you could say, oh, they tried really hard. They tried really hard. I mean, statistically, there's like, what, 11 teams worse than us in the league at the moment. So technically, we're not the worst team in the league. So it, I just don't understand. I think the everybody's standards have just shrunk now. And as Waza said, they just we just kind of given up. It was the reason I didn't go, because I didn't want to pay £25 to watch. In fact, I think my exact words were, I don't want to pay £25 to watch either a nil-nil draw or us lose to Barrow. Um, yes. So it's, um, you know, it's it's just, yeah, I just, it frustrates me because I just think that it is difficult. And I could say that as a, as a football coach, with especially even with Bassett, for example, it's kind of like, We've had games where we've lost and we've we've played really well and all of this kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, there's only one stat that matters. You know, like I don't care whether we had 50 shot, shots on target. If we haven't won the game, it don't it don't matter. Um, so it's um, but yeah, I, the, some people have said we played better, but I just generally think that's probably just in comparison to the the dross that's been served up recently. Um, so yeah, I just. Yeah, but one shot on target at home is just, that's just poor. I don't care who we were playing against or whatever, but we've been poor at home for about three years now, so I'm surprised we still got all of those season tickets. Um, but yeah, it is what it is. Uh, Liam, we've had a message in for you uh, saying, uh, if it comes up on the screen. Royston. It was there. Uh, do you run the clickbait EFL page? If so, I salute your fishing skills. No, um, no, that's we're partnered with them, but no, no, we don't. And they are very good at getting the the the, uh, the views in, so it works. Um, can I can I just say on on what? Obviously, I didn't see your your performance at the weekend, but I know from a barrel. You, you've seen you've seen our performance many times, however. Yeah, and I've I've seen I've seen it from a barrel perspective. I've spoken to quite a few people connected to barrel, and they came for a draw. Bizarrely, they yeah, it is ridiculous, and I think, I think when you look at that, maybe it does flatter a little bit because you've got a team who came for a draw and got a draw, so they came and they left with exactly what they came for. Like they came to to shit out a point, and you had one shot on target in the ninety odd minutes. Like I feel like it maybe flatters a little bit, making it look a bit better than it was. You're like it wasn't an, a draw earned. It was Barrow not trying to get three points, I think, as well, more than anything. It was just odd, though, how at no point in the game did they just go, we've got 20 minutes to go, we can win this. Go on, lads. They didn't want and to. No, he's, but... got, he's got a very wild, uh, <laughs> which obviously he's called Pete Wild, but he's got a very strange way of doing things at the minute. And if you look at like their last three or four games, he changes his team every week. He changes formation. Ben Whitfield got dropped last week, just randomly. Um, he got dropped for two games last month randomly. He's you know he's he's top top assists. He's involved in eighteen goals this season, thirteen assists, five goals. Like that, those are he walks into pretty much any team in this league. But if if Barrow finish eighth, we're two points behind or a point behind seventh, then he's 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 cost him. It's not just yeah. a Swindon game though that, that well, no, it's not, over the whole season. It's not it, just a it was game. weird though. You could you can look at it though. If they, they had the best chance in the game, they had that header that was headed off that we cleared off yeah. the line. If they score that and they go away one 0 win, it looks like the perfect away performance, it does, doesn't it? They, um, if, and, and, it, and that's what it looks like. And and I can Johnny understand Williams, if you say Johnny yeah. Williams when he rounded that keeper and he played and he passed it across the goal, that found a Swindon player, then they played us back into some sort of form. 
Yeah. So it can go both ways. It was just very strange because, you know, I mean, they're coming away from home to a club that we, you, you know were in dire form. They need a, a draw surely was no good to them. Do you know what I mean? I can't see how they can think a draw is good for them. Do you know what I mean? I really don't. Um, I think it probably shows more about what Pete Wilde or what faith Pete Wilde has in his players in terms of their ability. Like, mm. would, would obviously everyone wants to go up, everyone wants to get out of the league and, and this, that, the other. But if he doesn't believe he's got the team to do it and he believes yeah. that even if they, they got into the playoffs, it'd be a complete disaster for them, then maybe he's just trying a couple of different things. But like I say, I've been watching for the last few weeks and seeing his his team selections and they just don't make sense to me. They really don't. And his substitutions taking Whitfield off 60 minutes. And from what I understand, he was the best player on the pitch. Was. He was. It's just giving up at that point, isn't it? We've got a couple more questions in for you, Liam. Uh, starting with uh, Toby's here. Uh, does Liam think the standards in this season's League Two has been on average the worst for a few years? We were kind of talking about this just before we went live, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, I think if you look at the teams at the top, um, you know, we went and drew against Crawley last week and everyone around us dropped points as well. And it seems to be the case that when one team drops points, everyone's dropping points. The fact that we went through a poor run before Christmas and it was a poor run, you know, Andy Cook went, I think he got dropped on Boxing Day and didn't come back into the team till February and as in like a starting position or it was maybe a bit earlier, but and we were still in and around those positions. So it just shows that there has just been a real, I think, lack of quality in this league this year. Um the fact that there's so many teams that can still go up automatics at this stage as well is insane. Um, we also, um, in fact, you know what? No, I'm not even bringing up the other one because he's taking the piss in the comments now. So I'm just gonna... <laughs> he is, I'm, and I'm not having it. It's, it's, it's just ridiculous. So we will leave that one alone. Um, Mark, let me come to you and... Uh, well, it's, it's kind of a shame Nick isn't here as well, because the whole weekend was was very interesting for Nick. Uh, but you were part of the, the starter, shall we say. So Friday night, tell us about uh, your pre-match, uh, your pre-match planning. Yeah, well, um, Fab dropped me a, a message last week to say that he was over with Brighton, um, training with the coaches there, and he's got a, and a couple of his team sorry, a couple of his friends working the coaching staff. And he just happened to mention, he said, well, I'm up in Swindon um, for the game on Saturday. Did you fancy going out on, on Friday night for a beer? So, you know, never look a gift horse in the mouth. Um, I said, of course, not a problem. And uh, I thought, well, I initially I sent a message to Nick being cryptic. I said, oh, I'm in Swindon on Friday. Do you fancy coming out for a beer? And he went, oh, no, I'm in Banbury. It's going to be miles away. I said, oh, it's a shame because Fab's going to be. He goes, right, I'll be there straight away. He was, just, <laughs> he was well up for it. But, yeah, it was it, it was great. You know, Fab literally said, look, can we go out and get some fish and chips? He said, yeah, that was the first thing that he said when we got there. I said, yeah, of course. I said, not, not a problem. I'll take you up to Savoy. Of all the places in the town centre, because he was staying at the, um, the, the Leonardo Hotel. And, uh, you know, he said, it, it was 10 years since he, you know, he was last in swindon specifically and he remembered you know he just wanted to go out and have fish and chips and the and the the weird peas he was calling the mushy peas so <laughs> yeah not not a problem we can sort that out on a pint um but it was great he's just such a down-to-earth normal person you know, you know we had a lovely conversation about all things football and all things swindon um 
Yeah, and it, it and he was invited to the club uh, as one of Rob Angus's guests um, on on Saturday, and obviously it was nice for him to get out on the pitch and see the fans and and, and hold off uh, hold off the trophy um, from the title winning season. So, yeah, great, really enjoyed it. Um, and he, he even signed off on a couple of bits and pieces for us for the uh, British Heart Foundation auction um, nice. as well, which was really great. Superb, really great night. Uh, following on from that, uh, Nick then had the pleasure of uh, of changing his usual seat and uh, replaced Danny as I was getting matchday photos through from the likes of he and Ben of, of their, their seats before the game. And uh, from what I understand, he and Garv had a wonderful afternoon together. Uh, I, I know Garv's in the chat, so hopefully he'll be able to confirm that. And then on Sunday, he arrived at the women's football and presented Alice... With the with the as promised, who the fuck is Alice Flag? Uh, superb from Nick that, and I'm sure we will touch on that again a little bit later. Um, so we we jokingly spoke on Friday when we were previewing the game, guys, about where do we think we're getting the the eight points? I think it was at the time. And, uh, and Mark, I'll start with you because I did laugh at, at full time when you instantly went out and tweeted. We're mathematically safe, guys. League Two football assured for next season. It just needs a little bit of gallows humour, um, yeah. uh, you know, at, at times like these. And obviously, and you know, I'm a bit like Liam. I'm not shy in coming forward with an opinion if I've got one. And yeah, I do put stuff out there for the nibbles, and th and that was partly for the reason that I did it. And I knew, and I had a feeling the the usual suspects would like it. Um, but by the same token, it's just like, well, there's nothing else to cheer this season, and it's an accomplishment. I mean, actually, no, I'm, I'm, that's a lie. We've got the Wiltshire Cup final to look forward to, so uh, there is silverware still available this season. Um, but yeah, it's uh, what else is On there the to shield. say? Yeah, exactly. But what else is there to say since January? It's just nosedived, and um, I'm just glad we got enough points on the board. Um, yeah, just got. Sorry, gone. No, I was just saying cheers, Scott, as in Scott Lindsay. Yeah, the same thing and start the ball rolling. <laughs> oh, it is. It is. But yeah, exactly that. And I thought, well, in a bit of gallows team, I was half expecting there to be a load of comments of people saying, oh, no, stop being so negative and the rest of it. But that, that didn't really um, come about. So I think there is that acceptance that, um, yeah, that, that's where we're at. Okay. Um, interesting. Ben, what was your big takeaway from the game? Uh, the thing I've been looking for and the thing I've been arguing about is we're yet to see Morris's style on the team. It may not have been pretty it may, to watch. It may not have brought three points, but are you starting to see the Morris ball yet? No. <laughs> no, I've, I've, not, I've, I've yet to come away from the game and go, do you know what, I think played really well. It's not happened yet. It might do. It might just not be with this, this squad, but I don't think we've had a good game where I've come away going, I've, I've been entertained today. I thought it was a real good game of football. We played really well. It's not happened yet. Okay. And uh, and how about you, Wazza? Oh, no, his connection's gone, hasn't it? Wazza, you still there? He's definitely <laughs> there because it's moving, but I don't know if he knows he's muted. We'll just let him carry on. I, I think he's realised because he's smiling, but he's still walking around the house. We'll come back to that. Um, another question coming for you here, Liam. We'll, we'll do this one now before I lose it uh, in amongst the chat for, for later. 
Do you think Bradford go up this season and how do you think they're going up? Ask me tomorrow night at 10 o'clock. <laughs> um, I, I, I genuinely think our our next, like our only real banana skin moment for the rest of the season is you guys. Um, <laughs> and I do, I've, I've said it, I've said it all along. Do you, do you want to know why I've got that feeling? It's because I've given so much shit to Swindon fans this season. So it'll be um, your fault. Oh, it'll be. But do you know what? I'm, I've I've always been open about it and said, like, the amount of Swindon fans that have said, oh, well, when you come to ours in April, we can't wait to beat you. And I've said, you probably will. Like, um, I I think we'll go up automatics. I, I do think it's in our hands. It's in no one else's hands. If we win all our games, we go up autos. It doesn't matter what everyone else does around us. We go up autos. If we get the playoffs, all depends on who we get in the playoffs. I don't want to play. And it all depends who's there with us. If we're going to get the playoffs, I want Stevenage to be dragged into the playoffs because I want Stevenage in the playoffs. I don't want to play Stockport in the playoffs at all. No, okay. You don't want to play our cyber, Liam. <laughs> so I'm not, there's not much chance of that, mate. No, no, no you don't want, to, don't want to play us, mate. I'll tell you what. If we get into those playoffs, <laughs> what your women's team? Because we'll, we'll play them. Your women's team are better than your men's team, mate. Yeah, they are. They are. Probably yeah. every women's team in Wiltshire is better than our men's team at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> um, here's an interesting one, and it, it does move sort of sideways from the game at the weekend. But I know you again. It's something you have a strong opinion as we do, Liam. Um, and it's this question that's coming from Ben. Should Swindon adopt the Bradford model and have affordable season tickets and therefore a full stadium? Have you got the numbers to fill it? Do you think you've got the fan base sat there who's simply not coming because it's too expensive? No. I'll be honest, when we first started doing it, we were, I think we only sold 12,000 season tickets. We started low um, and... We started it as I think if we sold something like thirteen or fourteen thousand, or so it was it was twelve. If we sold twelve thousand, everybody got another one free to give to a friend. So there wasn't really a a cost cutting thing for them at that point, unless we got the numbers. And um, it took us a while to get to to this point. These numbers that we're getting now, the seventeen thousand is it's new to us. It works if you've got the numbers, but. When we adopted it, we'd just come down to League Two and then we got Phil Parkinson in not long after and we kind of, we were on an upward trajectory. I think for you guys to adopt it now would probably be the wrong thing. The beginning of this season was the right time for you to do something on season tickets and I was I was very open and critical about your season ticket prices going up this season because, and then again, they're going up for next season. Like you've yeah. had a worse season this season than last how on earth can you justify next season being more expensive than last season? It, it, yeah, I could go on all night about season ticket prices, but if you've got the fans that are willing to pay 198 quid or 200 quid, whatever it's going to be, then by all means do it because it's great to have that full stadium, all as full as possible stadium. You guys all came up for the game, like you know what. It's 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 we we underappreciate it because we see it every week. But when like I sat with you guys and I see what you guys are seeing, it, it makes you really sort of understand what what the hell we're doing at this level, really. Um, before we move on from from the weekend, Ben, let let's come back to the point that we were making earlier. It's now. Sorry, is anyone else getting interference in the background? Someone's watching football. Someone watching the Liverpool game. Uh, who just muted so we can work out who's watching the Liverpool game in the background. 
<laughs> uh, ben, it's now nine without a win. Mm. We, so if you go back a couple of weeks, we were talking about how, and, and I think it was me and, I don't think it was you on this occasion, but me and someone was arguing about Morris having this free ride. Um, it didn't really matter what the results were because it was all about next season now. Nine unbeaten is not a good record. And quite realistically, it could end up 14 without a yeah. win. Yeah, well, it was... People said he had quite an easy ride if he did okay. I think don't anyone. I don't think anyone was expecting to go nine games without a win. No one, even with the problems that we had when he first joined, they've now ended, and he's pretty much got, uh, you know, he's got players at his disposal now. And um, I think the club have got himself into such a rut, and um, it's a bit, it's just a bit of a mess at the minute. And um, he's got no excuses really now. Um, but yeah, I think I thought Swindon would win. I think everyone thought Swindon would just win a few more games. They might finish, you know, they might finish where they are right now. But you know, a, a couple more defeats, and we're we're looking about seventeenth, eighteenth. Um, so it's 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 it, it can't go on. If he if he carries on like he is, he he won't start next season. If he if he doesn't these these our season is dead. The only but the next five games really matter to him a lot. He really needs to pick up sort of six, seven, eight points. Um, or I think he's out of a job. <laughs> I, I, I generally do because uh, his, his position will start to come untenable and can he be trusted to build a team next season? Um, I've been asked, because uh, apparently I don't do it enough for, for certain people's likings this evening, for more... Uh, viewer interaction. So, Liam, here's another one for you. Uh, and it's from AC on this occasion. You hint at an awful lot going wrong, going on, and being a miss behind the scenes at STFC. Be good if you could divulge some of these things. Let's think about what I can say and what I can't say. I mean, some of you guys know, because I, I, I do tell you guys what I find, because I, I kind of have to tell someone. And if I don't tell oh, someone, then I will tweet. Don't it. say that because people will start asking us stuff. Yeah, now. but they don't. They don't know which one of you it is. Um, look, there's Ben. You are Ben. <laughs> no, don't because if it was Ben, <laughs> he'll tell him. Um, That's no, why you tell him. No, I don't. Um, there's there's a lot gone on behind the scenes. You all know that there's a lot gone wrong behind the scenes. Um, someone's got to be held accountable. That's all, that's all I'll, I'll say. Um, someone has got to be held accountable, and they are. That's I can't really say anymore. But like, we get a lot of abuse from people saying, "Well, you clearly don't know. You, you're not telling us because you don't know." But when it comes out, I mean, I'd like to say when it comes out, people will go, "Oh, you did know. You were right." But they won't. They'll just bury their heads and probably blame us for something else. But you know, we we knew about. All I would say is we, we knew about Harry McCurdy in the summer from the very beginning. We knew where he was going. We were able to tell you almost minute by minute where he was on deadline day. Um, we, we we do have ways of finding things out and we, we speak to people in, in the club. I can't say more than that about what's gone on, but it'll come out soon, very soon. You, you can't blurt out just information all the time or you won't get information anymore. It's exactly. that simple. It's just yeah. like that. <laughs> so it is that simple. And and what I will say is the reason that this that it can't be blurted out is because if it is blurted out, it derails everything. 
the, the knock-on effect is more, I think, the knock-on effect is more negative for Swindon if it gets out than it is if it doesn't. Okay. And that's, yeah, that's the best way that's to, to deal with things. Say. <laughs> um, does anyone else, getting back onto topic then, uh, does anyone else have anything specific they'd like to discuss regarding the during or after events of Barrow before we move on? I thought we've done quite a lot for a dull nil-nil with no, no events. Well, that's fair. <laughs> I think we've done quite well there. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's that, it's that, uh, it, there's that little to talk about from the game that we're getting more questions in for Liam than we've had for anyone ever before, uh, including this one from Mish. Uh, can you confirm whether Gladwin and McDonald wanted to leave? Not a clue. Not a clue. Um, yeah, genuinely no idea. I know that he was happy to go to Crawley. Um, and I think Ben was happy to drive him there, as we've discussed many times. But, yeah, no, he, he was just going to follow Lindsay, I think, from yeah. the minute that Lindsay was going. But I, I don't know whether he wanted to leave. I would say not. Why would you want to go to a team at the bottom of the league? Let's be honest. Uh, do you think something really will happen to the accountable person? Yes. There you go. Nice, easy yes. Uh, next one. Uh, is Clem in financial trouble? I have no idea. I fucking hope not. <laughs> I mean, how well, in the know do people think you are? I know. Yeah, Clem's Cle no, accountant, by the way. Um, <laughs> no, look, I, I don't know. In, I don't know enough about Clem. I'll be honest. I've never, I've never spoken to Clem. I, I know a couple of people that have, but I wouldn't have a clue about Clem. I, I mean, there's no way that he's in financial trouble. You've not spaffed enough money up the wall yet to be in financial trouble. I suppose that's. Uh, Rob's tweeted in. I give him a lot of shit. This is to, this is about you, Liam. Uh, I give him a lot of shit, but he gets some stuff right. To be fair, apart from thinking Darcy would be our best player, yeah, <laughs> right. maybe not this season. <laughs> maybe not this well, season. But no, Liam, it won't happen any season. Bud. Dreadful. He <laughs> dreadful. Yeah. He, do you know what's going to happen? He's going to leave in the summer, and he's going to go somewhere like Salford and be their player of the year next year. That's uh, that's Darcy scoring tomorrow night, then. Yeah, it, it is. It, it is. He'll need. He'll need to really turn it up because he's not played well since October. But no one has really. It's um, it, it's it's all right. Look at that. no one's really played well for you guys since. Should never have fucking signed him. Well. <laughs> Um, regarding, <laughs> so we've had a we've had a Bradford question in for you, Liam. Oh Christ! Uh, I know. Uh, which three players would you definitely keep for next season? Which three would you lose from your squad? We, um, it depends if we're in League One or two. Uh, well, let's let's say League One, just so you can be happy. Yeah, thanks. Uh, in League One, we need. To, I mean, regardless, we need to tie down Cook. No matter what league we're in, we've got to tie down Andy Cook. We've got two months. Uh, Two months away from his contract running out, and we, we're still not in talks, which is bizarre. Uh, Jamie Walker is another one, and I would say Critchlow. I would love to, to see us sign Critchlow. As far as players leaving, um, Vidane Oliver, it just hasn't really worked for him. And I know he's on a high wage, came in from Gillingham in the summer. I, I would see Vidane Oliver go. I'm not doubting he's a good player, but it just hasn't worked yet. Um, I wouldn't be too. Harry Chapman has been good as of late, but not not great overall in the season. He's 
he's got time to change my mind, but as of right now, if I had to pick a midfielder, he'd probably be the, the one to, to go. Um, and then, annoyingly, after the summer, Dion Pereira, we were all so excited to see Dion Pereira come back, and it, this, this season's just not been anywhere near what last was. And so, yeah, those are the three I'd see go. Um, I disagree with him saying that, that, that Cook's not good enough for League One. He, I, I absolutely disagree. We've played League One and Championship clubs in the Cups this season, and Cook's had man of the match performances. He, he's he's capable of doing it. The goal's the same size, doesn't matter what league you're in. He just needs the chances, and if we can put the chances in front of him, he's going to score them. I, I, um, will he get 25? No, but I'd love one, uh, thanks. Is, is yeah, that's, a, that's a cup of tea for Liam. Yeah, he's, having a, is that, he's offering tea. I want tea. <laughs> tea, I'll have tea. Um, I'll have a tea. You're actually getting sensible probably. questions as well, Liam. Look, I thought um, I were coming on for abuse. I know. Are the Bradford fans still behind Hughes or are there still some doubts? Yeah, behind him 100%. Um, I think I said this on our show a few weeks ago. There's two sets of standards in football. You have fans' expectations, you have the club's expectations, and realistically, where you're going to finish is somewhere kind of hopefully in and around the middle of that. Um, Bradford fans at the beginning of the season thought we were going to walk the league. I was one of them. I thought we were going to be up there, which you look at the team that we signed, we have some phenomenal players on paper. We just didn't start too well. Um, but as of the last 25 games in League Two now, we are the most informed team in the in the league. Um, but, but as far as Hughes is concerned, yeah, he's still got the backing. Uh, 100% he'll be here next season, regardless of the league run, I think. And speaking of serious Bradford-related questions, is Billy Bantam still going to teabag Austin? Oh, well, it depends if he lets me. <laughs> um, it's Charlie Austin, he'll let you. Yeah, it's, uh, honestly, it, it depends if he lets me. Um, I'd love to. I would absolutely love to to just see Charlie Austin get down and watch Billy just dip. <laughs> wow. Um, let's move on, shall we? And Liam, you can take a bit of a break here um, as we're going to do a uh, review of Swindon Town Women from the weekend. Um, a one-all draw at Foundation Park. Uh, Swimming Town women had taken the lead, um, but unfortunately weren't able to uh, maximise on their advantage and ended up conceding in the second half to draw one apiece. Um, it was... Uh, I, I was able to listen to the first half coverage, um, Woody, before I went to my boot camp session. Um, it sounded like... There's certainly a, a particular style of play being deployed, as far as we can gather, um, for, from the women's matches so far under the new manager. Um, it's, uh, I suppose that they're trying to be effective, but it's not necessarily the prettiest from from the uh, the feedback we're getting. No, and that's just based, again same as you, based on the feedback that I've had as well. Um, the thing is, is not, I've said this to a couple of people around the game down in the locals and that um but i don't really understand why you would come in and change so much so soon just like they were playing decent football um they were getting results yeah okay they had a couple of dodgy ones here and there but just um yeah i don't i don't know i it porter's head should have been a win before the game it should have been a win um you know if it wasn't for 
was it St. Austin, possibly Lark will win that league. Porter's Ed will probably be the ones going down. So it's, um, yeah, I just, it doesn't feel like a new manager vibe. But then as Swindon fans, we all know about what the new manager vibe currently feels about, having not picked up a win in 167 games. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, um, I don't know, it's, it's, it's hard to say because apparently what I, a couple of things I said last week were evidently inaccurate, which... Yeah, I stand. I've got documentary proof that they were accurate. But the um, uh, so yeah, it will be. Yeah, it's it's not good. I, you know, I don't care what anybody says. There's a lot from what I hear going on behind the scenes as well, which isn't good. Um, and it's a shame because it was meant to be. I don't think the crowd was that big. I mean, was it eighty? No, that was going to be my next point. It was sort of mid eighties, yeah, and um, apparently it did rise over the course of the first half. Oh, there was okay. another thirty, forty people turn up, but still, sort of just over the hundred mark. And there was hopes that they they thought enough promotion maybe had gone in to to get a few more people down. Yeah, and you got to ask what why people weren't going to watch. I guess probably more than anything. I know it was half term, but. It, you know, we we were speaking and we were speaking off air about kind of Bradford Newcastle, the same tier, and they Brad Newcastle had thirty thousand. You know, I know Newcastle is a different kettle of fish; they're a very well supported club, but and you're not going to get you're not going to get thirty thousand in Foundation Park or the County Ground. So it's um, but but yeah, I, there's there's something not right. There's you know that that. that it feels. I don't. I don't. I just look at our game. I don't. I don't think we didn't have loads, but you know, we didn't. We weren't far off those figures in terms of, you know, in comparison to where we are in, you know, in the league, etc. So, um, yeah, it's. I, mean, I can't really comment any further than that. Unfortunately, I just think it's a shame. It's a shame. Did the club promote enough? I think the club probably did promote it enough this time. I think they probably promoted more than what they, what they have done previously. So. Yeah. It's, um, I don't think Do it's down think, to that. Um, obviously, you're a lot more experienced in this field than the rest of us. Do you think, I, I believe it was actually a question that was posed uh, to Jen Gray when she was on uh, TSTBL as well. Do you think the negativity towards what's going on around Swindon Town, the men's team, is sort of kind of having uh, just somewhere in the mindset stopping people going to watch the women? Um. Yes, potentially. Um, it's a bit of a lull at the moment around the whole club, isn't it? It's kind of it might be it might be having an effect. I don't. Would people have really, you know, we, you know, everybody knows my feelings on James Lally and and KP necessarily losing losing their jobs, but would people would that have stopped people from going? Realistically, probably not. I look at some of the like Facebook and Twitter posts and stuff. I just think that you know maybe the interest isn't there, and it's up to the club now to make sure they're doing that. But the problem the club have got is they've now got they've brought the women's side in, and when they originally brought the women's side in, the men's team were doing pretty well. Um, so it kind of allowed a bit of a sideline focus. Now all of a sudden the men's team are doing fucking shit. It's kind of you know it's kind of like the women's team is less interesting to people and it, that happens unfortunately that's just the way that's just the way football is um and i think that yeah i just because again swindon women's at the moment they are mid-table so they are a mid-table team they're not playing for anything they can't go down they can't go up they weren't exactly playing a you know they weren't playing an exeter they weren't playing a cardiff you know kind of the bigger names even for the women's game 
They weren't playing any of them. I mean, if, if you think of Exeter, um, if they when they're playing Exeter, Exeter travel well as well. They bring a good crowd. So a lot of the crowds that will be coming to the Exeter game, uh, to Swindon Exeter, will be Exeter fans. Whereas Porter's Head, with all due respect, they're not. They don't have a big men's presence. Let alone women's presence. So they're not going to have a lot of fans. So, um, but yeah, I don't think I don't think the low crowd is due to the ill ill feeling. I think it's just um, that ill feeling around the circumstances of the women's team at the moment. But I do maybe think that people want to switch their focus a little bit to the men's side because the men's are so shit it kind of puts a negative atmosphere but whereas you think when we were hitting the when they were hitting the record you know after the games in October and all of that kind of stuff that was our best part of the season for the men's team so everybody all of a sudden is in a joyous mood everybody wants this whereas this Sunday everybody the only thing people are thinking about is how many fucking chocolate easter eggs they had left and the fact that they got to go back to work or school the following morning is you know there's it's just kind of maybe a little bit more negative negative feeling in general at the moment a little bit later in the show we'll be talking about noises coming out of the club but the the word is that there's going to be some sign of increased investment within the women's team for next season and season after. And there is a plan for promotion with, you know, to, to the next level up within X amount of time frame. That must be, that must be promising um, for, for not just obviously for Swindon town women, but then wider as well. Yeah. 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 If they get, obviously if they're pushing up the leagues, I've said many, many times before teams around the county will benefit from Swindon Town doing well, um, you know, because Mike Cook even said on his, I don't think it was on that, I think it was on the BBC interview, he was saying that 44 players is too much in one squad, which it is, but there are comfortably, you know, there are going to be about 30 of those players that are going to be good enough, and if he doesn't, if he only wants a 26-person squad, four players have got to go somewhere else, 10, you know, 20 more of those have got to go somewhere else after that, so it's kind of, you know, it it will only benefit, which is why, you know, we have to, being from my position at Bassett, we have to look at Swindon. We need to look at them as the prime team. We need to look at them as the the, the top team in Wiltshire because the better they get, the better we're going to get over time. And um, so, yeah, it's, you know, and that goes to the same with all, like the Pertons, the Warminsters, uh, the Chippenhams, the Carnes, and all of that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, uh, I don't, I don't know. Do I... Mike Cook, does he have the contacts in the game? Possibly. He's got a door to plays for Cheltenham or whatever, but, you know, Cheltenham are only the league above. Bristol? You know, is it Cheltenham or is it Bristol? Oh, I think it's Cheltenham. Well, she was at Cheltenham, whether she's at Bristol now. Um, but um, if, if she's either Cheltenham or Bristol, Bristol's a different story. But if she's at Cheltenham, you know, you look at Cheltenham have got some decent players. Obviously, they took Libby Davis from, from Bassett as well. So, you know, so they're they're still taking players from tier five. The Chalmers, they're looking around the kind of good, good players in tier five. I wouldn't be surprised if a couple more from from around our area do get looked at because Cheltenham is kind of the next step above Swindon in some ways. So, and um, without asking you to obviously speak on her behalf, um, I, I shared the picture earlier, but Nick did a, a properly <laughs> good job in in sorting the flag out for Alice. Um, can can you put into words what you imagine she probably felt when she saw it? Because you know we'd spoke about it for a little while, and it, it, it's an it's a nice touch. I thought it was a nice touch. 
Yeah, it did make me chuckle because I remember I said to Nick, I said, please don't tell me you're putting the word fuck on the uh, on, on the flag. <laughs> and he went, not exactly. <laughs> so, um, but no, Alice would have loved it. Alice is, you know, she's obviously, we've had her on here a few times. Um, she would have absolutely loved that. Um, I think some of the player, I think some of the um, team would have as well because it's just that one step further. You think about, um, is it that, I can't remember that little girl's name is, is it Kelly, that Casey, little girl's name? Casey. Casey, sorry, Casey. That little girl's name who had Bowden put on the back of her shirt and stuff like that. That means so much to every mm -hmm. single player, no matter where it happens. And I, I say this, it doesn't matter what involvement you have with the community, the players will always feel massive because of that. Like, even, like, even if I took, say, even if we, say, the Bassett team had a load of under-10s coming to watch, you know, and they wanted autographs. That that happens. You know, that's kind of that makes the players feel like really good, and that's that's the community feel for me. That's what things need. So when you've got it at a Swindon level, it's magnified even more. And obviously, with Nick, we knew Nick was going to get up to no good when he when he saw <laughs> when he had the opportunity. So fair play to him. Well, interestingly, because you say about the community feel and how it would have made. Alice and the team most likely feel. Uh, he's complaining that I don't show enough of his comments. So when you then see uh, comments like, is it really appropriate displaying such a flag at a match where kids are present? Before I ask you your thoughts on that, what I would also point out is we're talking about a sport where kids go to a ground where people sat either side, front and back, are swearing at players at the men's game all the time, holding up signs as well to an extent with foul abuse language, mascots even, you know, I've, people I've, who are dressed up for the children's entertainment are getting abused by people. I've, I don't I've think it's too much of a problem. I've been called a nonce on so many occasions this season whilst signing autographs and having photos with kids. Like, that's, that's a, I think, I'm going to be honest, like, I've read through Royston's comments. If it were at the women's game and that was at a men's game, that comment wouldn't have come in. Correct. He's got a problem with the women's game. If you don't like it, don't comment. If you don't want to watch it, don't watch it. But don't drag it down because it's not something you're interested in. I, I'm, I'll be honest. I'm personally, I'm not a huge fan of it. I go and watch Bradford's women's and I'm getting more into it because I'm learning the differences in the men's and the women. And there are differences, but it doesn't make it any less. It's just you've, you've got to appreciate them in different ways. So if you don't like it, don't watch it. It's not difficult. It's really not. I'm going to get abused for that now, so it's fine. <laughs> it's fine because... Uh, it's fine because uh, someone who hides behind the Coronation Street character is is being decided to take shots at me all night, basically. So, so that's fine. They can carry on. I'm big enough and ugly enough to to take it. Uh, Woody, your thoughts when you see those sorts of comments, though? To be fair, I was uh, Liam said it a lot better than me and has a lot sexier Northern accent than I do. So the um, it's, uh, yeah, I think um, yeah, it's um, I agree. If that was at a men's game, we wouldn't bat an eyelid. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, okay. I did, you know, would I maybe done differently? Of course I would have, but that's just my personal preference. You know, I don't, I don't have anything wrong against it. I mean, Alice found it funny. I believe some of the players found it funny. I have no doubt that the team found it funny. Um, and I get, I bet some fans watching would have had a bit of a laugh as well. So, um, I mean, we got to get away from this world that we suddenly just think that, because it's women's football that it needs to censor to kids and all of this kind of stuff because the more you kind of censor to stuff it's it's just not going to happen so it's um i just think that you don't go to the football you don't go to the football ground with your 
your six-year-old or you know was it with your kid if someone's swearing next to him you don't tell them to shut up do you it's no. it's just it's just part of being around what, what's around this the, the one swearing yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um yeah i mean Arlo, arlo's arlo's first chance was chance was that the on conroy chant um <laughs> the, the head fucking massive chant that was his that was his first chant i think he was about three years old <laughs> so it's, uh, uh, i didn't teach him that obviously um no. <laughs> so, so yeah it's uh it is what it is. Um, it is the it is the ladies' last home game of the season this coming weekend. They're back in Fairford. Um, last weekend was their last venture this season in Swindon. They will be in Fairford this weekend, and uh, obviously we will promote all the details on our Friday episode. Um, let's go through some kind of any other business before the main event of letting Liam back in properly to talk about his beloved Bradford. Uh, it's the uh, the new parish notices segment, which is ever popular. And we've already had a couple of comments in about the first one. Uh, and here's where me and Ben will probably argue for the next 20 minutes. Uh, but the first one is, for, what's everyone's thoughts on Morris calling out Adeloy today? So a couple of weeks ago, we had the situation uh, where he called out Kean Harris uh, about his fitness. And we all kind of come to the assumption that's Morris telling us that Kean is not going to be part of the squad next year. Um, Adeloy is next up to be getting shots fired at him, questioning his commitment, uh, where I think Craig beat me to it in our WhatsApp chat. I'm sure it was Craig. It possibly was you, Woody, but I'm sure it was Craig, who said if he's questioning Adeloy's commitment, then surely 80-plus percent <laughs> of this squad's commitment has to be questioned he cannot be doing much else wrong compared to the rest of the players. I'm going to throw it out there early because I've been a defender of Tommy all season. Um, if you're questioning his commitment, the, the, unless someone can prove to me that he's actively disrupting the situation or actively not turning up for training, then fine, I'll accept it. But if he is turning up for training knowing full well the club are just completely disrespecting him in terms of not allowing him to play. You know, he was brought in as a striker to play. And it was, I didn't realise this. I got a stat sent to me earlier. He has not started consecutive games all season. If he is at least turning up for training, then his commitment is no more or less than anyone else's. And the fact that we are playing the same failing players week in and week out and he is not even being given an opportunity. He scores a goal and gets dropped from the next squad. It doesn't, it's not right for me. Now, again, if there is a situation behind the scenes that we don't know about, fine. But someone's got to tell me what that situation is, because until otherwise, I stand by my defence of him. Uh, now, we'll go to the in the know account before we ask the fans their opinion, because he's got his hand up like a, like a schoolboy. Yes, Liam? I just want to point out the absolute hypocrisy of a manager who's won no games in nine questioning a player. Like, he, people are coming on ev on here every single week, on Twitter every single week, questioning his substitutions, his tactics, whether he's the right man. Like, how on earth can he question someone's commitment when he's not even able to put out a team or put out a, a set of tactics to play a game that anyone has an actual clue what they are? Like no one can read what his game plan is. No one can see anything moving forward in terms of like a structure. Like so, we look at Schofield at Doncaster. They're going through a 
similar patch to what you guys are. But what people are saying is you can see he's got a style and they're trying to play that style. They're just the team aren't set for that. So they're failing. But he's seeing which players are. Morris isn't doing that. No one's seeing that. He's gone no games in nine win. He can't get Charlie Austin scoring goals at a League Two level. His stats are inflated because he got four against the National League side, which is Rochdale. And no offence to Rochdale, but they are. His stats are inflated massively because of that. He needs to look at himself. You know, if Clem came out now and questioned Jody Morris, Jody Morris would be up in arms. Like, you don't throw a player under bus at this point of the season. I just don't see the point in it. He's got four games left and he's probably going to leave if he doesn't don't like him. Why throw him under bus? That's just a shit trick. So I don't like it. We're getting many um we're getting many comments posted in both pro and con. Uh, I'll just fly through them again very quickly if you miss them. Uh Ryan's saying I don't think Morris is in a situation to call out anyone. Uh Claire, as uh, as we saw the other day, usually a, a in her own words, a happy clapper. Here's my thoughts on Morris Fifey. Middle finger emoji, pot and kettle from Morris. Uh Royce is saying Adelaide's been frozen out, rightly so, as he's garbage. Asking me if I've seen him in training. I made it clear I'm not seeing him in training, but I need evidence he's actually being disruptive or doesn't care. Um, people want to know why certain players are not playing. For True. And Jody tells you. So, you know, fair enough. I will take that. That's acceptable. Uh, that's a perfectly uh, legitimate answer, I should say. Adelaide not showing the desire isn't surprising. Hardly gets given a chance, even when we're shit, says Garth. Um, what else have we got? Uh, his cameos have been average at best. That's on him. Fair enough. Uh, I would hardly say that those starting in front of him are doing much more to deserve to start in front of him. Maybe they're there on name only. Um, if you don't want to lose a dressing room, you shouldn't you shouldn't out a player in public and can be dealt with in private if you have a problem with them. Uh, Morris has only turned up once in the last game, so not sure how he can call anyone out. Claire's really feeling this one. Toby says, yes, Liam. Um, he might be late for training. Very true. And I've just retweeted one from Michelle saying, Adeloy posted this. It looks like it's come from his Instagram story, and it's one of those uh, sort of inspirational or, or point-making messages. Uh, Don't ever mistake my silence for ignorance my calmness for acceptance and my kindness for weakness. So clearly he's trying to say something without saying something. Uh, Woody, your thoughts on Morris calling out Adeloy, please. Um, well, I just, yeah, I thought it was, I haven't listened to the whole thing, but to listen out, uh, to call out a player that's not played under him really is a bit weird. Um, I just like, I, 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 I've got a feeling of kind of he's just slowly just telling us which players he's not going to be interested are not going to be interested in, uh, you know, and it's maybe he's telling them that as well to kind of push them a little bit to say start looking for another club type thing. Um, I, I'm not a fan of it. I'm, I'm not a fan of calling out players in general, really. Um, to be honest, I feel that managers should really protect individual players but attack a team. Um, you know, so it's it's kind of you can say your teams perform poorly, but if the players perform poorly, they're gonna they're gonna know that themselves. So um, and they'll get they'll get the punishment behind doors, or they'll get dropped the next game. So, but with Adeloy, I just think it's strange. I just wonder if he's just trying to. 
So that, was it a leading question or something about Adeloy? I don't know. Was it a what's happening to Adeloy type question? Or did he I believe just, he was uh, asked about Tommy, yeah. I believe he's asked right, if he was yeah. in the squad. So, yeah, so, I mean, in that situation, I'm kind of thinking just say he, he's not in contention at the moment. You know, it's like I don't, I don't think there's any need to air it, you know, air your dirty laundry in public, so to speak. Um, but it's just, um, yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of it. But you know, as I said, you know, you guys have said, we said many times. I was a big fan of Morris coming in, and he's slowly, I think he's making a lot of silly little things, silly little errors at the moment, and you know, and that's almost off the pitch as much as it is on the pitch. Um, I'm not, not Morris out by all means at the moment, but. I don't think it's going to help his case calling out Adeloy, and then if we go get thumped by Bradford tomorrow, it's it's just not going to help him. I don't, I don't see the reasoning behind it, apart from potentially trying to tell players they're not they're not going to be here next season. Can, Jack, we, can we just point oh, sorry. out? Oh, sorry, just on that as well. You, you mentioned about um, them, them doing in private. Charlie Austin last week. It's, it's the same situation. Like he's, he, something's happened in private. He's had that come. It's been made public, but that was the right way to deal with it. If a player takes it public, that's on the player. But yeah, I, I was I was laughing at that comment when I saw him. By the way, had a lot eating basmati rice. Um, <laughs> but he, he did handle it privately, and then it, it was put out on Charlie Austin's side. And you know, you can you can speculate off it because you saw his wife liking the tweets, making comments about it. So. Um, but yeah, I, I I agree with Woody. You, you can't out a player. What's he hoping to achieve? What does it achieve? Nothing. Causes unrest. Um, Jack, from your perspective, um, do you think calling the calling out of a player is right, or or are you kind of the other way? You'd like to see Adeloy actually be given a chance before opinions are formed. Uh, well, yeah, he needs a chance for starters, especially when. Obviously, we have a one in, I think it's nine. And you're not giving attackers, because we, you've got, like, Adeloy, who just either sits on the bench or like, doesn't even make it. He should be given at least a chance to see if he can. But if he, if, if he's, like, turned up for late for training and stuff, then I can see why he's not being given the chance. But calling yeah. someone out this late in the season, I just don't think it's much point just do it in private was it well if, oh, if <laughs> it's hard because i kind of got a different like way of looking at it because he it, morris is at training so like he can call out who he wants for me you know what i mean like if, if the lad ain't performing in training then you're not going to get nowhere near the squad are you do you know what i mean and to be honest with you, you're comparing him against at the moment. Austin's our number one. Plays that will always play down the middle if, if he's fit. And then it's between him and Jeffcott. And I think he was doing a bit of a comparison from what I read between Jeffcott and Adeloy. And he, from what he said, was that Jeffcott seems to be showing a bit more commitment at the moment than Adeloy. So I, I don't see the massive hoorah about it. I don't, I don't understand. Like. No disrespect, we're all turning into people now that are going to defend Adeloy when a lot of people have been crucifying him. Not not crucifying him to the point, but personally, I just don't think he's good enough. And I think he needs to leave. I, you know what I mean? That's just my opinion. Um, it, don't berate the lad, but if he's not putting the effort in in training, and we can say all this about Morris, but Morris was one of those that recommended Kaji quite a lot and really liked him as a player. 
few weeks ago, I remember Morris saying Kadri's not making the squad because he's not performing well enough in training, not putting enough effort in. So we can't crucify Morris and say that he's not doing it to everyone because he's called out he's called out players that are not performing in training that are not making the squad. You know what I mean? I, maybe he's an inexperienced head coach stroke manager that maybe, yes, needs to learn that maybe he should keep it a little bit more behind closed doors, but he's also under a bit of pressure. So, you know what I mean? All, no disrespect, he's putting the game plan across. You know what I mean? You'd like to think of what we're doing. Um, you know what I mean? And surely then that's about the players taking it on board. And we've seen it in yeah. games at the moment where they're not working hard enough. They're not showing enough effort. And if they're not showing it in training, they don't deserve to make the squad. Do you know but what I mean? So, yeah, no, that's absolutely fair. And, and that's not me. That's for any player. That's not just Adeloy. You know what I mean? If if they're not putting the effort in, if they're not if they're not working hard enough, then you don't make the squad at the end of the day. Um, so I, yeah, I, I can't have. I think there's a better way of Morris dealing with it. I totally agree with Woody and Liam's point on that a hundred percent. But I've got no problem with you know. I mean, you'd like to think a player would take it on board and think, you know what, I'm going to prove him wrong. And whether that's with us or when he moves on to another club, yeah. but. You know what I mean? There's got yeah. to be the players. You can't, we can't keep protecting, protecting, protecting players. Do you know what I mean? They're, they're privileged. They play, they, they do something that they love to do. So they're Monday to Friday. If we turned up to work in our jobs and didn't put the effort in, we would get berated by our bosses. So yeah, there's no reason that. if he's not turning up to, to do his job properly and he's not putting the effort in in training, then you know what I mean? He deserves a bit of criticism. I completely agree with that. I do have one flip question for balance. Go on. We we are more or less playing the same team week in, week out, getting performances that as fans we're berating for not being good enough and the players are failing every single game week to to do anything. You know, we we are at the lowest we've been as a fan base. You know, we we were happier when our club was going out of business, it seemed, than we are now. If our players are continuing to fail, is it not worth Jody just saying, right, fine, show me something? I think he's between a rock and a hard place because no one wants to see Charlie Austin drop, do they? Does anyone want to see Charlie not in the team? Charlie Austin was dropped the other day. Yeah, yeah, were dropped or rested, whatever you want to say. But Mm. he he, He wasn't in the team. Yeah, but you know what I mean? There was an explanation for that as well. Do you know what I mean? He's two games in three days. He wasn't that, that going to wasn't the, anyway. that's not That's not the explanation. He was told not to travel. Like, the, the, like 100% he was told not to travel. It wasn't a case of him being dropped because he can't play twice in a week. There, there was something went on behind the scenes. Yeah, but, he, uh, but on Morris's what I, official my, line was... Yeah, but Morris, just, Morris was honest and just said to him, well, you're not. Uh, for, for, we're going to go with something a little bit different. I think he explained tactically that he thought that we were going to try and stretch Tramir's defence a bit more, and Austin wasn't the answer. I, you know what I mean? I've got no problem with that. You know what I mean? You if, don't leave him at it, home for that. Yeah, but if, if he's not going to be part of it, you know what I mean? And not going to. He's your captain. You know I mean? He's your captain. It doesn't matter whether he's going to play a part on it. He's yeah. your captain. He's got to be there. Um, my, my question is for you guys. First of all, on that. On the Adeloy thing, who has been performing? Who's no Morris one. holding? Who's Morris holding him in as an example towards? Because no one's performing at the minute in terms of getting anything out of this squad, and that that's Morris downwards the entire team. And what you've just said about Austin being dropped, I asked this Ben last night, and I wanted to ask all of you this. Now you know realistically Austin's not staying next season. 
the chances of him staying are slim, aren't they? As far as, far as we know, that yeah, he's, he's not staying. staying. Okay. Would you, if you were Morris at this stage, stop playing Austin and play the players that you know are going to be here next season, whether it's from a youth, whether it's from wherever, and see what they're about? Well, if because... he's planning for next season, it makes sense. Yeah, because you've got nothing to play for. Yeah, but there's there's no one else at the top end of the pitch. Jeff Cott is is you know I mean a lone player that's got that's going to go back, or if if we make it permanent, Adeloy, I you just you get you just sense that he doesn't like Adeloy. and that's not just Morris. Lindsay wasn't a fan, you know what I mean. So there, there's something about Adeloy that he's either just not good enough, or he's not he's not their cup of tea. So that goes back to who brought him in and who decided that he was going to come in. Um, yeah, I, I don't think there's anyone else to play at the moment. There is no one else to play at the top end of the pitch. And if Austin's not fit, it's a toss of a coin between Jeff Cott and Adeloy. And it looks like that it will be just Jeff Cott ahead. But I is it? That, because that he'll play Hepburn Murphy up there. Yes. Yeah. And he'll play, that he'll, he'll like let Shade it. play. Yeah, well, that's that looks like the second option at the moment. And that was the, the argument with the Tramia situation that he felt like he wanted some more pace down the middle of the park. And they put Hepburn Murphy down the sides and then played Shade and Wakelin either side. So that looks like the second alternative. He obviously just hasn't got no faith in Jeff Cotton and Adeloy at all. Either he doesn't see enough or he just solely doesn't think they're good enough. Which, for a manager to come in and make an opinion on a player like that, at the end of the day, there's no problem. He's a new manager. He's allowed to make his opinions. Um we we could go on to a completely other subject here, but the players are just not good enough, in my opinion. Uh, you know what I mean? And, and half the squad are nowhere near, nowhere near good enough. And, which and which, which I... leads on to the point that that I think Ben will come on to, and I'll argue with him. Why specifically pick out Harry's and Adeloy then? Because we all agree. Again, eighty plus percent of this squad isn't good enough. So you could you could call out Bryn, you could call out Hutton, you could call out Austin, you could call out Williams. Why is he picking two players who aren't even getting the chance to prove themselves? Because the media are asking him. Mm. And I think, and, and this is what I was trying to say a minute ago, like where I was agreeing, because I agree with Waz's point, even though it slightly disagreed with my point, but my point was based on what I've heard, which is obviously being misconstrued through the media as an attack on Adeloy. But when I think about it more, it's more of a, why is he not being playing? He's not committed enough in training. My problem is, is we are the media asking, why have you dropped this player this week? Why why is this player staying in the squad this week? You know, like to ask him the real difficult questions. It's really easy to tell to say to somebody they're not to say to the media they're not in the squad because they're not good enough at training. Well, we want answers as to why he thinks that eleven that's out on the field is currently good enough because they're not. They're not winning us games. And so it all comes down to kind of that media construment. That's not Morris. That's not who will ask the what questions themselves. in what way. That's yeah. that's that's where the media need to ask tougher fucking questions. Like I want I want somebody to go fucking brew it was rubbish today. Not in those lang- in those words exactly, but brew it was rubbish today. What kept him? What's keeping him in the squad? You know, and and all this. But it, the media too too afraid to upset the club. Uh, and 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 quite happily, I don't think they can argue that because they they are to accept the club because the club will throw their toys out the pram if it's a question they don't want to answer. Um, so it's um, I think the well, media to that end, big, there was a big... there was a post earlier about uh, why certain people from the club appear on um, certain different outlets, and and that was kind of the point I was making. The, 
on the one hand, you could say, yes, they're, they're visible and they're fronting up to stuff, but they're also only appearing on the ones that they want to appear on because they feel safe and comfortable doing so. With pre-written and pre-agreed questions. Yeah. Um, Mark, your thoughts on the Adeloy situation before we we let Ben explain to me why I'm wrong? Well, there's a, there's a couple of things. I mean, firstly, what Morris has been here, what, two and a half months now? And in that time... We've had the excuses of uh, the lack of experience in the squad. And I think that was levelled because it was quite easy to appeal to the, the the fans and the masses as something that we know. We've had yep. injuries, injuries to the defence that was thrown back at us, but then not playing players that are a natural fit for that role, like Minton in favour yep. of players like Tomlinson out of position. Um, and now we've had in recent um, press conferences, the throwing of players under the bus. And I I just don't understand why he's not taking accountability for um, any of the results, any of the decisions, and why he's now taking it to the extreme of levying it at the players. Now, we know the squad's not good enough, but what you don't need to do is categorically start telling them that they're not good enough to the masses because... If you're going to be playing those players each week anyway, and we're talking about players, with the exception of Adeloy, um, that are more likely than not to be in the starting eleven, that they're not good enough. Is it just a case of trying to find a way of getting a reaction from them? Maybe. But if they're playing for contracts and they're playing to be here next season, and we're talking about giving the inverted commas fans a performance that they can cheer and get behind, which again, I've not seen a single game since Morris has been here, that is even anywhere near that, then this is completely asked about face and we're going about it the wrong way. I, I just don't understand, um, if I'm perfectly honest, why, why we're behaving or why certainly Morris is behaving that way. He's accountable for the starting eleven. He's accountable for the formation. He's accountable for the tactics. He's accountable for the training that's done day in, day out. He's accountable to um, the, the, the press to the fans, he's accountable to bring them all on board and keep them on site. And he's, he's accountable for keeping the community vibe and feel that connects us between the club and the fan base, which has sorely disappeared this season compared to last. Yep. So you put all of those things into context, I find it incredibly disheartening. And I'm really questioning, I'm trying hard not to because I really don't want to have to change the manager again, but it's not looking good, Brev for want of a better expression. You know, no wins in the last nine. Could quite easily be no wins in 14 games. The reality of that situation is that's more than enough to get any manager at any level the sack, period. Okay, you compare us to a lot of other clubs in this division that would have had smaller budgets, lower expectations. All joking aside, and this isn't ego, Swindon are one of the bigger clubs in League Two. There is absolutely no excuse that a club of this size should not be in the top half competing for the playoffs as a bare minimum. End yep. of story. And we've been nowhere near that bar. And there's been nothing since January that's convinced me that we're going to be any better next season. Now, I will just end by saying, for as much as Rob Angus, you know, in the in the match day publication, what else, that's and the next. rest of it, uh, and uh, you know, can say what they want about renewing season tickets. But I tell you what now. I want to see a statement of intent. I want to know what our plan is for next season. You can talk about us having a huge budget and you can talk about us um, aiming for promotion next season. Well, the aim this season was promotion and fuck me, we got that wrong. 
So <laughs> what is going to be the single fundamental difference that's going to do that? If somebody came out and, and at the end of the season and we've nicked Andy Cook from Bradford on a three-year deal, then fuck me, okay, I'll go, okay, well, well fine. It could happen, Liam. It could happen. Why, why, Andy, why, just, why, why? Well, why not? 20, <laughs> 27 goals. 27 yeah, goals. Fuck, right, take someone else. Go after... Critchlow. Go after Critchlow uh, as well, man. No, no, Critchlow no, 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 Critchlow. Leave him alone. Go after <laughs> Hoskins. Get yourself a winger. Get yourself a replacement for McCurdy. Go after winger. Hoskins. We got one of them and we don't play him. Do we don't need them? <laughs> anyway, I'll get off my soapbox. Uh... Ben, we uh, obviously we discuss a lot of this stuff on our WhatsApp group, and, and as is common practice, whenever there's any sort of semi-contentious Swindon Town news for us to discuss, me and you do discuss it. <laughs> um, and it's fair to say you again have a you're kind of more sort of Wazza's viewpoint than mine. Yeah, yeah I, I gave Wazza's sentiment exactly. Um, I think. I, I I think Morris is a guy that's under extreme pressure at the moment. Um, I think is it is it O'Rourke, the ex Sky guy, tweeted that he's really under pressure, and there's no reason for him. He to is the most in the know account. Peter Rock, yeah, Peter the least attention to in the world. And it, Peter Rock, who's pretty bob on, uh, and there's no reason to um, text about Swindon Town or tweet about Swindon Town unless he's got an informant. So he probably is under a bit of cosh. I think there's a lot of pressure under Morris at the minute. And um, I think if he sees players that are not pulling their weight that he much he wants to, he's going to call it. Um, and he's trying to just crack the whip. It might not work. It's just what he's doing his thing and what he thinks is right. He might be wrong. It might be totally wrong. Um, Adloy also, I think, and Keen Harry's are both not going to be here next year, in my opinion. Um, Adloy, I think, was a non-league player and, and such that they've taken a punt on. I just had a little look at his uh, Wikipedia and he's had uh, 15 clubs and he's 27 years old and he's never settled. He's just a journeyman, goes from club to club from season to season and he'll have another club next season and that'll be his 16th. Um, so I think he's been... I think that's an that's an easy shot there, and and, and Keen Harris as well. He's not going to feature again, and I, th I I think he didn't feature much as well under Lindsay. Didn't fancy him after he signed. He did and, get a long term um, injury, to be fair. He did, but even when he was fit, he didn't play him. He played him when we when we as soon as we scrapped three five two, he was forgotten about, and then it it wasn't for a while until the FA Cup where he did come on. He played one game and then he gunned on his hamstring. Um, yeah, so I, I think that's probably why, but then that is just speculation. Um, I again, you're right, I've not seen Adloy train, he may be the first one in training room, and he's just being a cunt. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> but that's my suspicion. Why I think he knows what he's saying, and I think he does it deliberately because he didn't publicly throw Austin under the bus, he didn't publicly throw current first-team players under the bus at any point, though he's been highly critical of them. Um, Has he? Yeah, no, he's not. He's not mentioned. He's, he's been very critical. He's He's been quite honest, I think, in his saying it was we terrible, absolutely terrible. Yeah, but he's been it's... More it's than Lindsay it, was when we he, can't, he can't say that we've been anything other than. Yeah, well, yeah, of course. But you know, he's he, he, he this is what I mean, he's honest, he's not he's not painting it up as something he's not, he's not just saying, look, we've had 15 box entries and I actually think we were all right today. Um 
when we well, he came out, to be fair, he came out after Saturday's performance and said, uh, and I might be paraphrasing slightly, but he said, we looked a lot better today. Mm. Um, and I reiterate, one shot on target in the 86th minute at home. Against the team better. that came to draw. Against the yeah, team that we, didn't we try did and win. Better, but we did look a lot better. You see, you read all the comments and there's a lot of fans <laughs> going, well, that was a bit better. There was a green shoots recovery there. There was, you could see some sort of, you could see what they were trying to do. When it's been, when the bar's seriously low, <laughs> I mean, it's low. It wasn't very good, but it's it was better than pretty bad. As I say, it was not shit when it's been shit for quite some time. It I, wasn't shit. I fully take on board the comments that you and Wazra have made. You know, that there, there is clearly something for neither manager to have selected him consistently. Absolutely. There must be something there. I don't know what it is, but there must be something. We've had so the, many the, clubs, so he's clearly not doing something right. Well, yeah, but you say that, season, let's not forget, let's not forget his last two, I think it was, he he was the top goal scorer for his club in the non-league, so he got signed to a professional club in Scotland. He was mm. then their top goal scorer, hitting 20-something goals again, so got a move to, league, to a League Two club. So he, he's carried on, his last couple of seasons, he's carried on taking a step up because mm. he's scoring the goals at the level. So I don't think it's fair to label him a journeyman because he's taking steps up. Can I can I just say I I don't think you'd be justifying Morris's comments if Scott Lindsay had said them. No, I don't either. I, I, I feel like Scott Lindsay, I don't think Scott Lindsay is the sort of bloke that would actually throw. No, but if he, if he had, if it was this exact situation, I think just made maybe the point there. Or maybe we could have been. He could have been a little bit more nasty. Yeah, yeah, but he could. But you'd that, I guarantee that you'd have all criticised him for doing so. He'd have been thrown under the bus for doing so, and it had been a. There wouldn't be. There wouldn't be this this justifying what? it. One of the things that a lot of fans got frustrated with Lindsay, uh, the crew game, for instance, boos throughout the whole of the countdown at the full time. We lost one nil to crew, probably a performance quite similar to what we just did right now. Throughout the whole countdown, we got shit house by crew. I absolutely bollocks. He made no attempt to change things during the game. Yeah, and the end, he went, Yeah, I thought we played pretty well and we were just really unlucky. And we had all these box entries, and it was shit, and he kept doing that. He never now, now on that note specifically, and that's how fans got frustrated with him because I think I already know what you're going to say. I just have to say on that note specifically, if you go back and listen to sort of 45 minutes ago, you said that you you came away not unhappy because we'd replicated a performance from earlier yeah. in the season. That because same performance bar, that you're now rubbishing then, because it was losing. Well, back then is I want to push top three. Now my bar is can we not embarrass ourselves? But you um, are you are embarrassing that, yourselves. That's different levels of expectation. You you are embarrassing yourselves in a sense of you, you ex what was completely unacceptable under one is being justified under another. Oh, it's, and it's that, completely and, unacceptable as we are. We, it we is. are so, the joke of the foot. We are the joke. You're not the joke. You're not the joke of the league. You're not the joke of the league. You're not. You're not. That's Crawley. Let's be honest. It is Crawley. And like like Woody said earlier, there's eleven teams in worse positions than you. So Crawley, who uh, could still overtake us this season, of course, yeah. of course they could. Of course they could. I mean, technically, I think you could still go down. But no, no, we're mathematically we safe now. Oh, are you mathematically? Oh, because you got the draw. You got that that wonderful nil nil. <laughs> kept us um, up. So I like a point. It's point to prove to you to sort of the, on this here. <laughs> Scott Lindsay was absolutely not good enough, and we've argued so many times, times. about whether he's good enough or not. So this season. To put this into black and white for you, Scott Lindsay's points per game is 1.52. 
Johnny Morris's is 0.77. Oh, he has old. a he has a worse points for game record than Jim Bentley at Rochdale. Mm. Getting the C. But that's why I like and I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna repeat it every single time I get to speak to Swindon fans. I do feel like who was it at the beginning who said, uh, thank God for, we already had the points in January, like from the first Me. half of the season? Yeah, you are Scott Lindsay. The fact yeah. that you're not in the relegation is because of Scott Lindsay. It's not to do with Jordy Morris. He's taking you backwards. And you've not given one de- one single thing in any of his games, Scott uh, Jordy Morris's games. You've not come out and said anything that you've seen that gives you any hope for next season. No. Nothing that he's done is is making you go, oh, that'll be good for it. Like we can see what he's trying to do. There's there's just nothing. Yeah, and if he carries on like that over the next four, he won't be here. I can't see him still be here, being here. He will be here. He will. I I, I he, don't. He's not going nowhere. But would the, you be happy if I, with that was her? Mate, I, I I've said from the day that he walked through the door that and my my attitude and everyone knows this and all the fan base surely must see that. When you, and I've said this three or four times, and I say it every week when I come on, and I'll say it now because you're here, when you lose your captain and your vice captain in one window in January, that is a massive concern. And yeah. that whether that's not down to the, that's not down to the, the head coach, Morris wasn't even in the door or it was happening as he was coming through the door. So I can't have the, this season now is, is a complete write-off and they've got mm-hmm. to learn from their mistakes and that means that giving Morris a pre-season to bring some players through the door that he thinks could suit how he wants it to work. And I will give him to the start of next season and give him the first 10, 15 games to see if he can sort this out. And then my opinion will change if he can't sort it out and he'll be gone. But there's no point for this football club now to start panicking and thinking, let's get rid of him, let's get him gone and get him out. I agree it hasn't been good enough. I totally get that. But I wouldn't be one of them panicking at the moment. He's got to stay. I'll give him a pre-season to work with some players that he wants to bring through the door and give this guy a bit more control because this model that we've got at this football club at the moment does not work. Oh, yeah. Um, he's, been, he's been thrown under a bus with players, but the, still his record is fucking it is even what and, he's got. And the model isn't the model doesn't pick the team and you know he's he's picking his 11 he's choosing his yeah, but he's, he's the, bringing the model the was through the door that are not good enough yeah of course it is but the model was effectively finished by the time Jordy Morris came in everything since then has been Jordy Morris's decisions what you're also not so I, I get that you lost your captain and your vice captain you also signed Charlie Austin who let's say you know Morris has come out and said he can't play twice a week he's 33 years old Andy Cook's 32 and on 27 goals this season Charlie Austin, two seasons ago, was playing in the championship for QPR. How on earth has a man gone that from season. playing playing 35... Oh, was it? Sorry, last season, playing 35 to 40 games in the championship, plus cup games, and now can't play twice a week at, yeah. a, at a much easier level? Like, it, it doesn't make sense that the, there's, there is something going on at the club that's causing these problems, but I genuinely think that... You said about Morris being under pressure. Damn right, he should be under pressure. He should be feeling pressure. But what he needs to do is he can come out and he can throw players under the bus. He's got to hold his hands up and go, this is fucking... Here, I tell you what, Ben, you can shut up. That's that's wrong. Ben, is that actually you there that's writing that? That's um, not me. That's not, I'm, I can, tell, that's not I can me. tell you right now, head-to-head, Charlie Austin does not this season touch Andy Cook. Um Bit, seen five a, years a, ago, maybe not now. Seen a few comments coming in on that flip side of the argument. Uh, I flashed a couple up in the comments. Also, Rob 
uh, reiterating on Twitter, Scott Lindsay had a better team uh, than uh, Jody yeah, Morris has got. He had leaders. He had people that were striving a standard that that were, you know what I mean, in training, lifted, you know what I mean, the likes of, I was a big fan of Gladwin. I wasn't one of those to slate or to, you know but what I mean? Your fan base were. were. Your fan base wanted him to leave. You said yeah. that, your fan base said he was slow and he, he, he Just to clarify, down. the majority of FRI didn't want him to leave. No, no, but overall, the fan base, and, and Ben put it in writing for me when I asked why, he was yes, slow. You know, he, put it he, was, me. he was slowing games down and that's why people wanted him to go. McDonald had issues off the field, so he had to leave. And who was yeah. the other one? Uh, Reedy. Reedy, yeah. He, he's not the uh, player he, that he, he was last season. Player, but, but that... Yeah. But, but, you, but but Lindsay didn't have Charlie Austin. Yeah, but... There's no. Look, I'm sorry. There is there is no Lindsay. You're talking about um, Jordy Morris going into the second half of this season and having lost the captain and vice captain. Scott Lindsay went into the okay, last so... day of the the summer transfer window and lost Harry McCurdy. Does jo does the question there then? Does do we believe from what we've seen? Does Jody Morris get out of the team that we had up until January what Scott Lindsay got out of that team? If, if, if Jody I, Morris has so. the same squad without Charlie Austin, does he get does he do better than he's doing now? Yes. No, no. Not at all. Scott Lindsay's gone to a worse team in the league and has got double the points that Morris has. And whether you, you can say that Lindsay had a better team the first half of the season at Swindon, right now Lindsay has a worse team than Swindon. Fact. He's at Crawley, and he's got double the points out of Crawley than Jody Morris has at Swindon. There's no comparison. There really isn't. If you didn't sack Jody Morris, uh, sorry, Scott Lindsay, you would be in a much stronger position now than you were. Like that's the points per game shows that, and he's gone to another club and he's carried on that same points per game, and he's looking like he could be saving a club from relegation. Whereas you guys, you sat in mid-table, no games without, in, no wins in nine games. You don't know where your next goal is coming from because you've got Charlie Austin, who's, like I say, not firing on the level that he should be. The, 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 I don't understand why people really think that Jody Morris would have done so much better than Scott Lindsay with that first half of the season because he just has shown nothing. And this is what I mean. Give me something that Jody Morris has done, whether it be a substitution that he made that made you go... Fuck me, that's a really good, like he's going for it. Or a tactical change that he made. There's, no one seems to be able to say anything that he's done. Sorry, McCracken, McCreechen. He wanted to sign for us because Jody Morris came here. Yeah, he wanted he, to. He yeah. made himself available for Swindon. Because fan, he fan, wants to fantastic, yeah, fantastic. It. But into, how's it worked out on the pitch? Oh, he, he, he's been our, one of the best midfielders since he's been here, but he's... Yeah, but the team's been shit. The team's been shit because the tactics have been shit. And look, I know, I know I'm gonna say all this, and then you guys are gonna go and put four past us tomorrow. I'm setting myself up for a massive failure, but I just genuinely think that you guys have got to first of all hold your hands up and say sacking Scott Lindsay was wrong. It it was. We didn't sack him. He wasn't sacked. Sack him. You know full well he was told yeah, he was yeah, told he yeah, had to leave or he was getting sacked. He went that for the is... money, Liam. He went for the money. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He absolutely has... Well, there, do you know what? Someone's just put a, a good comment in there. Ryan's just put, can you think of a player that has improved since Morris joined, considering he's a developmental coach? No, 
I've said this. Heather times. Murphy's the only one who's got better, but then it's because maybe no, he's just got fitter. fitter. He's just got fitter. <laughs> so there, there you go. It's Lindsay's gone somewhere else. With a, we all agree, Crawley have got a worse team right now than Swindon do. Whether you have injuries or not, Crawley's team is worse than Swindon's. It is, and he's got more points, double the points than Morris has out of this Swindon side. I don't think Morris would have done better in the first half of the season. I feel like if Lindsay had had Charlie Austin, he'd have done much better. But yeah, it, it just it, it really baffles me that Scott Lindsay gets the hate that he does from Swindon fans. And you see it on all the comments on the posts about for Crawley. The hate that he gets. And then there's just this burying the head about Jody Morris when it is actually so much worse than it was. You've got to call it what it is, I think. I'm your um I'm conscious that we're nearly at the two-hour mark. We've not even got to the preview yet, and we've got a couple more topics. So I'm going to move on. We'll, we'll let the uh, the discussion continue on all of our socials. If you want to get in touch on, on any of these topics, then by all means, tweet us, Facebook us, Instagram us, <laughs> send a TikTok video if you want. DMs are open as well. Uh, I know Liam is more than happy to <laughs> accept messages as well if, you, if you'd like to discuss it with him. The Liam's second DMs one, are always open. Yeah, Liam's DMs are always open. And I've got, I've got facts to back up everything I've said. <laughs> the second one along the ticker is probably going to cause just as much discussion. And uh, Mark, I'd like to start with you if I can. Um, uh, again, I don't have any preconceived idea what anyone's going to say. But this image has been doing the rounds this uh, this last few days. Uh, it was the um, comment or the section in the match programme from the weekend where uh, Rob Angus put his comments and on the face of it, quite a positive outlook. They admitted mistakes had been made. Uh, they said that they would be fixing it. They have said that they will be putting a budget in place to put forward a promotion challenge next season. Given his and... word, he put the budget in place. He said, Sorry? I'll give you my word. Yes, he he, he's budget. given his word. That um, is strong. For the, for the most part, Mark, I would say 50% of the fans have been left appeased and satisfied by that section in the match programme. The other 50% have maybe been a little bit more cynical. Uh, I have seen messages... Uh, I've received and also seen tweets um, saying things along the lines of admit they've got things wrong, but how, but why and how are they going to fix it is not clear. Why has this been put in the match programme and no official statement been made where all fans would see it? Because not everybody buys a match programme these days. And... <laughs> The, the one that really entertains me is the last comment regarding... So he goes on and on about um, how good the fans are, how much he appreciates, how we take fans away. Uh, and But then he goes on about how crucial it is that fans continue to buy their season tickets because only then can they put the budget in place. And the word I've seen used on multiple occasions is a blackmail approach to fans. Your thoughts on the comments, please, Mark. Yeah, it, it, it does come across a bit like that. But first, I mean, I guess the logical reason why the club have put it in the match programme as opposed to on the social media is because you've seen the state of Swindon's social media this season in terms of the comments and replies. So with enough negativity around the club at the moment, as things stand, I can see why they put it in black and white. Um, in that side of things, however, you know, maybe Clem, 
who's incredibly silent and has been for a long while now, will come out and uh, state his intentions for, for, for next season um, as we get closer to the season ticket deadline. You know, call yeah. me a cynic, but I believe that will be there. The little fun bus and pulling pints will be back on the agenda. Um, is it the right thing to have said? Yes. I think a, 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 an acknowledgement is definitely a positive. Um, I, you know, I think silence would have just been you know, ever more divisive. Yes, it is loaded. It's a bit like a bollock sandwich, I think, I referred it to as, you know, where, yes, we'll admit all of this. Oh, but by the way, give us all your money um, in the last couple of paragraphs, which is actually the point of the article rather than not. And it's it's kind of like, well, that's fine. But what's the substance behind the request? You know, there's already been the concession on the season tickets from when Clem took over. We were promised at the start of this season that we had a budget that was good enough to get promotion. And... Um, we were in it that it was more than the previous season when we had a really successful season and made it to the playoff semis. And then this is the the, the dross that we've been served up. Um, where's the proof in the pudding? What's the plan for next year? The only plan that's that's going to be um, you know evident to the fan base is the quality of the players that come in in the transfer window and acting early in the transfer window rather yeah. than waiting for the scraps to be available from the release list or you know, at the very end of the transfer window where we seem to do the majority of our business to fill up the squad um, because it's cheap and cheerful. Yeah, I get all of those things. But if you're talking about taking a team um, up uh, through the division, now let's look at the clubs that did their business early this season and bought in quality. Stevenage, one of the most active teams in the division very early on, state, state their, um, their claim. And you looked at that and thought, fucking hell, there's a team that's going to go somewhere. Bradford made some fantastic styles incredibly early when you look at that on paper and you went shit I mean I said at the very beginning I thought that Bradford were going to go up as champions and be clear I mean obviously the reality of football is different but they're still up there and they're up there because they bought in quality and Hughes has got that quality working um we fucked around we bought in Oscar Massey who's you know just about you know learned what size five football is as our first sign and he was you know promised to be the next thing because he was incredibly prolific at Plymouth Parkway well fucking hell what is an Oscar Massey I mean the guys disappeared um you know Brian you know Divine was going to be the uh, you know one of the best uh, wing backs in the world according to Les Caffrey who's our head of recruitment but he just needed a little bit more time well fucking hell how much more time does he need he spent most of it on the treatment table um and looks more glass than bloody Amir Khan so I it, it's it, it, it's just bizarre um so for me great put your statements out there acknowledge the fact that it's a shit season i think we've all been party to that we know what a shit season looks like and unless we pick up another seven points it's going to be one of our well our shittest season ever um so there's still that uh, moniker to uh to 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 label this uh campaign with We've got to start early in the transfer window. If they want to hit the levels for the season tickets, if they want growth on the season tickets, if they want, if they truly want to bring the fans back around to the belief that we're going to go up next season, um, the talk is there, but it's all about the actions now. And I'm unfortunately sitting on this fence of, I've heard it all before. We heard it last season and it's been shit this year. Go and show me different. Prove um it. Jack, as a again, I, I like to ask you this question when this sort of thing comes up. As a younger fan, looking at it through your eyes, do you go as far as even paying any attention to what's being said, or is it all about purely the action of what is going on? Well, obviously, I live in a house with Ben, so that means that I always hear stuff going on and all like stuff he says, but. Um, <laughs> 
He <laughs> <laughs> set my Asper off. <laughs> All right, Jack. <laughs> Liam's dying. But a lot of my focus comes in the stuff either I see on social media or the like games itself, and if we're picking up points or if we're, you know, just sitting as we are right now, mid table, and obviously the transfer windows and stuff. Okay, um, what's up? Which side of the fence are you? Are you are you an appeased fan by the program notes, or are you joining the cynical crew? Oh, I'm sort of in between. They just get off that fence, Wazza. Join the side. They're just saying they're just saying what they want us to hear, and it it always seems to be that when Rob Angus says it, people are like, "Oh, well, he's the reason he's he's a fan. It. He's a fan. He's part. Yeah, he's one of us." When we hear it from Rob, it obviously means something more. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just like like Mark summed it up that they need to do something massively to get these people back on side with these with these season ticket sales. You hear all the whispers at the moment of these people not renewing that that don't want to renew. Um, you know what I mean? So there's got to be something acting early and waiting. Not not wait until the last minute of the window, like Swindon Town always seem to do all the time, and um, waiting for the scraps that are left that we can get at the best deal because that's all that we do. Um, it, we need to be starting quickly and getting players through the door. And I think people will rate a bit of experience and a bit more know how in this league because I think that's what's killed us this year. Uh, ben, what was your thoughts on the uh, on the comments from Rob? It's like it's refreshing to actually have acknowledgement that they fucked up, um, but it's it is again. Could he say anything to the contrary? It's kind of just words at the minute. Um, they're always going to put on buy season tickets because it's important because it is important. So I don't criticise them for that. It's just it, it, it doesn't mean a lot. I'd like Clem to come out and give a big statement, and I mean like rather than just program notes. Uh, probably come in and do like a, a phone in or an interview and just saying, look, this is we fucked up big and I'm sorry, this is what's happened. And maybe certain, you know, certain things have changed and he's waiting for things for things to change to turn around before he does, or we'd be waiting for the end of the season. Um, but yeah, he, he, he Clem does need to set up and say, look, we've done a lot of things wrong, which we'll hold our hands up. We're going to do this and this, try and put things right. We appreciate that we need to bring up the average age in it up. We knew we need a lot more league experience. We need people that have been promoted out of this level. Um, but, you know, we don't know. At, at the moment, I don't know who even going to be our manager is next season. So I think that needs to clear. Um, everything's all up in the air at the minute. Everything. Everything is all up in the air. So... <laughs> Yeah, Sorry, I'm laughing at the comments saying even Lee Power did phone-ins. Yeah, well, we had the power hour, didn't he? But the, they were loaded. They were loaded. He completely much destroyed well, you don't, And you don't think a Clem hour would be? Not depends as much. Who's, no, no. Depends who's asking the questions, think, though, Ben, isn't it? Be, I don't think it'd be a, 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 as loaded as that. No. Um, because people tweet in. And I think those tweets are read as well. And I don't again, it depends who club. buy. And when he's went, and I think he'll be on the supporters club. And I, I don't think that uh, Vic 
is as no yeah, no our credit is due i i don't think this is i think i don't think Vic is straight up and i think he'll be on the sports club and i think Vic morgan will 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 ask questions so i, I don't think it will be like a bbc one no um but yeah well, that's what we need and then they need to do the action a lot needs to be done in the summer I, I said this before in a tweet that i think at the moment they've lost us well they've lost the vast majority of us never um, lost you ben you're the happiest swindon fan around mm? and even your even in your negative state you're still the happiest swindon fan around well i try and uh, I, I try to keep my sanity to look in. and take a positive out of most things and try and think of right well this is why I try and understand why this has happened, which is probably why um, I'm seen as some sort of happy clapper because I, I, I try and see why they're saying this. I, I try and understand why they're doing it from their point of view and why they're, they're trying to improve it. So that's why I try and look at it rather than just being an absolute twat. Um, I don't know. But two original question they're words they're good words the words that we need to hear we need to have more words of it from the big man up top we need to see some action which it is still five games to go so it's still very early days we just need the season to be over nigel saying he's the savior so won't get asked difficult questions woody are you team cynic or team appeased team i think it's just a big pr stunt um i think that as Waza and Mark both alluded to, really, that it's they're just saying what they well, they're just they're just saying what they want the fans to hear. Um, the side off of the season ticket thing is again. I still stand by it. It's emotional blackmail to kind of say, you know, we we need your commitment before we put our commitment in. When it shouldn't be that way round, it should be the other way round. Um, actions speak louder than words. As at the end of the day, I think somebody commented on it earlier. Um, I think that he, it's all well and good saying we're listening. Um, we're, I think I've got to hear though, we'll make changes to ensure our recruitment is better. Um, and you have my word. He's not going to come out and say, oh, we thought our recruitment was fine this year. So we're just going to keep exactly the same. He's not going to say that to us. So it's not even worth the paper it's written on. If I'm brutally majority, honest. Uh, we might be gullible, but we're not stupid. Yeah, I mean, fair play in some ways. I think one thing he did say something about, like they're taking account, they basically take accountability. But if he sits there and goes, "Well, we're still going to have Sandro," um, you know, like he said, he said our recruitment's going to be better. He's not held anybody accountable for that yet. Um, if he comes out and holds somebody accountable by doing actions, um, then then so be it. But um, for me, actions speak louder than words. I could sit there and tell you. I could tell you a pen is going to write an essay for you and you'll buy that pen off me, you know? So it's kind of, it's just, it's just absolutely, yeah, it's, it's, I don't, I don't buy it. And it's probably one of the reasons I don't buy those programs anymore because they're fucking seven pound or whatever they are now. Um, but it's, um, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's, it's just what they, they think what we want to hear. But like you said, Fifey, fans aren't, fans aren't stupid now. They weren't stupid anyway, but you know what I mean? It's just kind of like, Come on, you took us over properly, I guess, last season. Last season was relatively decent in terms of enjoyment, I guess. As a fan, it was good as enjoyment. Did whether we overachieved, underachieved, whatever your argument is. But the it, as a fan, there was a better feeling. And they thrived on that over the summer and they used that to their advantage. Um, 
you know, and then we took fucking ages to appoint a manager twice. Um, we took ages to bring in players. Like we said, like, I'm not going to go over what Mark's already said again, but, you know, the players we brought in and, and things like that were, you know, some of them on paper were quite decent, but there was no real marquee signing. And that is what we want. We want on the 1st of June, mm. Swindon fans need a marquee signing. Um, that is how you're going to sell season tickets. There's no point going, oh, yeah, if we sell 6,000 season tickets, we might get a marquee sign. 6,000 tickets, season tickets is not even going to fucking touch a marquee signing. We need commitment fr- financially. We need commitment from whether that's Clem, whether that's investors, whatever, before you get the tickets through the door. It's not about fans giving you commitment because fans might not buy season tickets because of their own financial constraints, not just because of what they're watching, fans will turn up each week because they might be able to afford it that week but give them something to sway their mind to go do you know what this club actually mean fucking business this week we've made three top quality sign-ins in the first two weeks of june i might actually go get a season ticket type thing but to say say to us oh we need you to buy season tickets because that's what they did last year when they went round on buses and pulling pints and all this shit and then they gave us and this is the greatest respect i'm sure the lads got a future they gave us oscar massey they gave us Tyree Shade. They gave us, you know, and it's just kind of okay. like th- there was nobody there. You know, we, we came out in our numbers. Yes, we didn't hit the number that they might have wanted, but we still came out in numbers whilst they were still campaigning for people to buy season tickets. They weren't showing us any real commitment that we were going to charge on and, on in this league. And, and that's why we, you know, the appointment of Lindsay even took a while, you know, so it's, and that's what it is, you know, that we need commitment from them, not the other way around. Commitment from them first, and you will get more fans in the game. Uh, it looks like Liam would like to come in on this point now. I was just going to follow up on Woody's thing there. They owe you. They owe you after this season. You you don't owe them anything. And I've, I've, I've said this so many times. They You have committed this season. You had a transfer embargo last season, which meant you couldn't spend the wages that you're spending this season. And you've got into the playoffs this season with a much bigger budget. We would imagine you've shit the bed. They they owe you that budget. Clem should put that budget in place. And if he gets the money back from the season tickets, fantastic. If he doesn't, or he he, he gets seventy five percent of it back from season tickets, so be it. He, you've you've paid through the nose already for a really poor season. What I will say on the statement thing is that I? someone put it in the comments, I think, I agree that if you hadn't gone through the shit that you went through under power, you would be asking a hell of a lot more questions than you are. And I think that Clem can do anything short of walking in your house on Christmas morning and punching your child in the face and people <laughs> because you're not going through that extreme. What happened at your club this season happened at my club this season. There'd be protests. And, and that's that's the reality of it. Like, He's getting a free ride because you went through so much shit and people are just like, well, at least we're not going through that anymore. No, but guess what? Things don't change. You will be. That is that is the, the long term. It can only go one way if nothing changes and it, it, it'll head you back down. He's not going to pump money in forever, is he? At some stage, he's going to go, I'm not putting no more money in it. And that's, that's how you ended up in the situation before. It's just, you need to... There's accountability that needs to be held and i think the fact Absolutely. that's the crucial bit is the accountability the fact that it was in a program and not in, in a statement shows me that there's maybe a statement coming as well mm. so maybe um, 
In the interest of moving things along, Arch has asked an interesting question. I've noted it down here for a, a future episode, so you guys have got a chance to consider your, your answer. But I will just flash it up for the purposes, because um, he says it's a crucial point he'd like to know our thoughts on. Do you think the model was the club's or Sandro's? My instant reaction is it was the club's because they installed Sandro to do it. Um, but I will I will give you guys a chance to consider that, and we'll cross that bridge on an upcoming episode. Um, just to finish on these so we can talk Bradford and then let everyone go to bed. Um, a couple of congratulations notices. And, and Woody, I know that you'll have something you want to say. Wakeling is up for young player of the season, a player that you've been championing all season, despite Liam's uh, shocked and an unbelievable expression that he's even up for the nomination. Uh, so congratulations, Jacob, who I noticed was on uh, on with Vic earlier today. So maybe the club's announced ban on players appearing on, on podcasts and the like is over. So you never know. We will get in touch and we will see if by the end of the season... Or Wakelin's not playing tomorrow because yeah. Jacob Harris has told him. Jody's sold Jacob the playing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, but huge congratulations, Jacob. Uh, Woody, as I say, you've been championing him all season. Um, and people are talking about a, a less than spectacular goal return or perhaps not featuring every game. But he, he has been one of our more consistent and better players over the entirety of the season, hasn't he? Yeah. I don't, you know, I've said it in previous episodes, um, so I won't go over. I think he's, um, I disagree with his critiques, I think. Um, but, you know, football's an opinions game. You know, at the end sure of the day, I, I've not rated Hutton all season, even when he was going through his prime. So, it's, you know, football's a, football's a, a an opinions game. So, it's, it is what it is. But I just think, you know, Wakelin probably has been nominated because of, how well he started the seasons and those stats have kind of stuck with him because no other young player is really reaching those stats that he managed to reach in short succession. But I think with the just the amount of games he's played for me in terms of you, you, you get 100% from him all the time as well. He's probably the only player that I feel comfortable that every game I've watched, I've not been disappointed with. Um, and he's just been chucked here, there and everywhere when, you know, he should be up front, in my opinion. He's a striker so, that's playing left wing back. Yeah, he's a striker that's played everywhere but striker for the majority of the <laughs> season. So, um, yeah, I rate, you know, my opinions on him, everybody knows. I rated him from the first first game I saw him. I thought he was going to be a decent player. I think he's been hindered by the fact that we're that the squad as a whole are playing pretty shit at the moment um, as well. So, naturally, being a young kid, as most young kids do in teams, they as the squad are playing shit, they'll probably start playing shit to themselves. So I think he deserves to be in there. But then I will hold my hands up and say that I don't really know enough about other players in the league of, of kind of that age range to say whether he doesn't deserve to be in it. But for me, in terms of out of the young players we have in our squad, if there was anybody I was going to put forward, it would be him. Uh, Jack, again, as a young fan, do you enjoy seeing young players like Wakeling getting their opportunity? I know he's not come through our academy, but uh, he's a young player getting his chance at us. Uh, yeah, it's good to see players coming through the, like, obviously coming in young because obviously when they're 
permanent signings. You, as a young fan, I'll grow up watching them play and watching them become better. So you'll see that they're obviously every season improving, hopefully. And yeah, I like to see them come through because they're just something I can grow up watching. Yeah. Maybe like look up to at one point. No, 100%. No, I get that. I get that, definitely. And uh, an, a former player that we should congratulate is a former Swindon number one, Lawrence Vigaru, who has now broken the record for most amount of clean sheets in a League Two season under the under the guidance of former Swindon Town manager Richie Wellens as Leighton Orient. Uh, I believe they, they officially got promoted this weekend, didn't they, Orient? They're, they're now up? Um, no, not yet. They need a is, point. Is that not... Or have they guaranteed a playoff plot? I'm sure they've done something. It, it, it got announced because essentially they're not up, but because Bradford and Northampton have got to play each other, they technically are. So even though they're not officially up yet, there's got to be points dropped in that game, which means that they would be up. So it's they get a, basically they get a point tomorrow. Or they're up, guaranteed. Essentially, they're up. And but but well done to Lawrence on breaking that record. Uh, Mark, was uh, either of you two want to just jump in a few words on on Vigaru? He was a he's a fine goalkeeper for us and, and non-stop entertainment. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, paying that fine in uh, in very small denomination of coins was <laughs> an absolute <laughs> class act. Um, and also, I just this evening with my my eldest watched a Sideman video um, where Lawrence Vigaru features. Uh, quite quite heavily as uh, as does Ben Foster, which it thoroughly entertaining. So if you get a chance to see that one, Fiverr, because I know you've been watching. Them. I've been watching side um, videos, yeah, yeah, very good. And Vigor is good value for money in that as well. So yeah, he's a character. He's obviously, um, you know, he deserves to be in the uh, the, the 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 league two uh, goalkeepers position for player of the season without a shadow yeah. of a doubt. Hundred oh, um, yeah. percent. You know, he, again, he was a little bit marmite and maybe a little bit younger. Um, and a little bit greener behind the ears when he was here um, developing, but he was still a quality goalkeeper. You know, you look back at the goalkeepers we've had over recent years. He's, you know, he always had the potential, if not the attitude at that point. But clearly, Richie's got the best out of him. Um, and you know, fair play to Leighton Orient. Thoroughly, thoroughly deserve their their promotion. They've been one of the best footballing sides that I've had the pleasure of seeing this season. And to say I'm envious. And jealous that Wellens has taken another team out of another this division would be an understatement. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, and, and it's a great point you make of Vigoru. He is easily in my top three, if not top two goalkeepers I've seen over my 20 years now of, of support in town. So he's well inside that top three, if not in the top two. Um, what Was there anything else you want to add before we move on? No, but it's perfect no. from Mark. Yeah, perfect. Lovely. So let's uh, let's do it then, and it's uh, it's time to uh, not that we haven't been doing so anyway, but let's preview tomorrow. And the big news is, uh, as has kind of already been said, Billy will be at the county ground, won't he, Liam? Yes, he will. Uh, yeah, heading down tomorrow, uh, getting there for about five-ish, having some food, and then yeah, be 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 on the pitch and pitch side for the entire game so hopefully we'll get some goals and we can we can react just before we get into the game specifically uh this question has been asked a couple of times over the course of the night and i've saved it to the end people have been asking about your thoughts on ryan east i think he's quality Gen genuinely like we we haven't seen too much of him but when we have he has been incredible like, if you go on our hashtag people are calling and begging every single game for him to start 
I kind of like that Hughes isn't starting him because you can see that what he's doing is he was brought in to shadow Richie Smallwood, who Richie Smallwood's the captain. He's the main man this season. Ryan East was brought in to learn from Smallwood. And then you you, you just know that I think he's on a four-year deal overall or three with an option. Mm-hmm. Smallwood will leave at the end of next season and East will be his replacement. But when he's come off the bench or when he started, he has literally controlled our midfield and it's considering there's a comment that stuck with me when we interviewed Harry McCurdy that was the one transfer in the summer sorry the one player in the summer that you guys let go that McCurdy was most disappointed about and that changed my perception on East and I started looking at him a bit differently and I've I've kind of I can see why now he's I think he's great uh, so what sort of game are you expecting as you said the majority of us uh, we made the journey up for Bradford away uh, you put on your best hospitality for us. Uh, are you expecting a reaction in kind when you travel to Swindon, or are you, and are you expecting a similar similar game on the pitch? Uh, I've been told the food's not as good, um, but nothing's going to compare to German doner kebab. There's there, there's no GDK in Swindon. No, no GDK in Swindon. It's not getting close. But um, do you know what? It wouldn't surprise me to see a very similar game in terms of scoreline I I do I just don't think that you guys are gonna get the battering that you think you are and that's Let's just remember it was what a week just over a week ago that we had all the Mansfield guys on and when we te- kept telling them how bad we were they didn't believe us so we've but we've not battered anyone all season we've 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 not put more than three past anyone this season and we, we could have done you know we, we played Sutton on Monday and absolutely could have put five or six past them, but we didn't. We got three up. We took his foot off. We played Rochdale on Saturday. We put three past them. Um, if we win, it'll be a 2-3 nil win, I, I think. But I, I think that the game's going to be a hell of a lot closer than than you guys think. I think Ben said 6-0 Bradford last night, and I said 6-0 Swindon. So, well, like, there's a 12-goal swing for someone. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I... I I honestly couldn't point out. It'd be typical of us, given that we are, I think, top of the away table for League Two this season. It'd be typical of us to lose tomorrow night. Uh, Dan saying, only crumb for tomorrow is Darren Drysdale is refing the game and Bradford don't have a good record with it. We have a horrific record with Drysdale. It's (laughs) awful. And you'll come away tomorrow and you will, I guarantee, say... That decision was a bit shit. Like he makes some stupid decisions, but then what he does is he looks at the crowd, he does it at home, he looks up at the crowd and smiles after he's done it, and it just winds everyone up more. <laughs> he's a dick. Uh, so you've kind of already mentioned a couple of players and, and Cook, the obvious one, but uh, where would you say on, on current form in actual play, uh, where, where's your danger going to come from? And, and are there any weaknesses? Uh, that, that potentially, if Swindon actually decides to turn up, we could try and exploit? Uh, I think if you're going to get anything, it'll come down your right-hand side. Um, I feel like, and this isn't really knocking Liam Rydalg. I think you guys said before we started, he played for you guys yep. at one stage. Uh, he's he's our third-choice left-back. Our first-choice left-back went out on loan to Harrogate, and he's still the number one rated left-back in the league, which is a again a strange decision and then uh, in terms of where it can come from Jamie Walker is in superb form 
Scott Banks has really found his form. Richie Smallwood seems to have found we've hit form at the perfect time. No one's performing poorly at the minute. We've, uh, I don't know if you've been seeing them as you've been talking. Um, some predictions coming in in the chat. So Toby said uh, Swindon won Bradford free. Swindon score first and then let in two by half time. Morris to say we were the better team to begin with, but didn't show enough passion. And then uh, Ben then to sit on here and say he agrees. <laughs> Ben's put nil free. Uh, free headers from free corners. 87, 88 and 89 minutes. Critchlow hat trick is his prediction. Uh, Michelle said 4-0 to Bradford. It hurts her to say it. Cosie said 4-0 to Bradford. Don't know about the second half. And uh, and then and Ben suggesting that Adeloy to come on in the 90th minute. Um, um, on the again, so, thing, go no, on. On the Critchlow thing, we, we, until Saturday, we'd not had a defender score for us all season. I think Ben mentioned on the 606 last night. Our favourite felt- saying at the minute is Swindon saying, hold my beer. Well, Ben Ben said last night that he felt like if you were going to get anything, it'd be sort of as if we pushed too far up and you could hit us on the on the break. But we don't push too far up. Like that's why our defenders don't score because we they sit so deep. Um, we just we don't seem to commit the bodies forward, and that's why when we only when we go two or three up, we don't push on. Um, but yeah, I don't see a defender scoring. It just it doesn't seem to happen. Okay. Um... Ben, uh, can you give us any crumb of comfort that it might not be as bad? I know Liam said that you'd said we'll lose 6-0. Have you revised that? And is it going to be, you know, four or three? I think I'll score a minimum of three. Minimum. Um, I don't know. Depends how many they want to score. Okay. <laughs> um, ben, I... For the first time, and I think we should all put a note in the cat because Ben, I've heard you say something not too dissimilar uh, to what Christians put here. Uh, if you don't win by at least three, give up on the playoffs. And I'm sure I've heard you tell Liam as well, Ben. If you don't, they don't smash have, us, if, they if don't the deserve it. In the form we're in, if they don't put us to bed, then they don't deserve it. They don't deserve <laughs> the playoffs. We drew nil nil with Crawley last week. It's, it's it's such a sad state of affairs yeah, to hear fans like this. Yeah, Crawley are better than us. Keep pointing out. Yeah, well, Scott. Yeah, we got Scott Lindsay. Um, but no, I I think Fit. I don't know if I said it before we came on or or after. I think we've got one more kind of banana yeah. peel, and it's I think tomorrow's it. Think back to what was it October and and the Bradford home game. And you, you again came on here, and we were giving it all the, all the big one that we we were confident we were going up there, and and we all said pretty much we thought we could get something at Bradford. Can you see how it's been sucked out of Swindon fans that you know our most positive fan is predicting we lose six nil? I've, I've had it in my DMs every week. I've I've seen it happening live, like even when I don't talk about Swindon, so. Here's the thing: people think that I don't like Swindon. I couldn't be further you from the truth. I, oh, I do. I think I, I genuinely, I love the club. I, I, I love the fans. I get a lot of shit from fans, but what I will say is that for every tweet that I get abusing me and saying that I'm talking shit, I get a DM from another one saying that was spot on. So it's just the ones that are, they don't like to say stuff publicly because they then get the shit. Um, but what I will say about for you guys this year is that 
uh, this is going to sound really bad. We've kind of made you relevant because you've you've not performed you've on the right pitch. off. We've made you relevant. No, but no, yeah, you are, yeah, but this is the thing. It's been it's been without you guys, we'd have been boring this year, and without us. No one else in the league would have known what the hell was going on. So, <laughs> including us, you believe that's been, every single week we've been given abuse because we talk too much about Swindon. So then the next week, I've sent out the league the league fixtures for the week and left Swindon off, <laughs> and I got DMs abusing me for leaving Swindon. I'm like, I can't win. Um, look, I love Swindon. I, I really, I wish you weren't in this position, but at the same time, after some of the the DMs and the shit messages that I've had, I'm quite happy. I'll be honest, seeing you sat in the position you're in the league just for STFC Boo alone, yeah, just for Boo alone, I think they deserve that. Just for having him as a fan, you deserve that. Um, but no, we're not going to pump you tomorrow. We won't. Wazza, tell me, are we going to just see from absolutely nowhere Aguiar... Minton, all the all these players everyone's forgot about just suddenly turning up in the team. No, it'd be minimal changes from Saturday. It'll just <laughs> I, I, I do agree with Liam. I, I people say that we're gonna get pumped tomorrow. I think Mark Hughes, if you offered Mark Hughes a one-nil win, now he'd take it and go, Thank you very much. There's three more points. I'll walk out That's of there. So yeah, I I I you kind of just gotta hope as a Swindon fan that. Tomorrow, we're turning up against a team that are going to be highly motivated and we're going to have to match them because I don't yeah. think we saw that in Barrow. You know what I mean? We didn't see a team that were pushing for the playoffs, for, in my opinion. Um, and you've got to hope that the Swindon players think, you know what, no, we've got to be bang up for this. Otherwise, we will get pummeled. Um, you know what I mean? That is grabbing hold of a, you know what I mean, an olive branch and hoping that they're going to they're going to perform and try and do something different. But... Um, yeah, I, I think it could be quite a tight game tomorrow. I, I, there might not be a lot of goals in it. Um, we're not scoring a lot. And like Liam says, Bradford seem to do just enough to get the results that they need at the moment. So, um, yeah, I don't know. We don't know what Swindon are going to turn up, do we? We're a match for anyone, you know what I mean, when we play well. But we haven't done that enough. And that reflects on where we're sat in the league. But look. I'm not really bothered about the result now. I just want to see a bit of a performance and a fight and a bit of a bit of passion from the club to show that we're, you know, what I mean that we still care. And I just I can't keep watching this drivel with five or six games to go that yeah. that these players are on the beach already and that are not, you know, what I mean, give your all and let's let's give them a good game tomorrow. And you know, what I mean, because if they give us something to cheer about, the crowds will be on side. There'll be a big crowd there tomorrow. Bradford will bring a, a you know, what I mean, a fair few and. You know what I mean? The Swindon fans will turn up again. You just want to see a, a bit of a fight, a bit of passion, and a, just something for us to cling on to. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So, and and that that leads neatly into the question I was actually going to ask Jack because we we assume Bradford will bring a, a decent crowd down with them. Uh, they are a well supported club. Um, Tuesday nights under the lights are generally great games. So even in Swindon's position, can you move forward to the game? Yeah. On the other hand, I think Bradford will bring a lot, but I can't see too many for Swindon. On the other hand, but we don't create much of an atmosphere anyway when we're at home. Because <laughs> I, I can't, I can probably see us bringing about seven thousand max, probably. One, it's a Tuesday night. Two, we haven't won in nine games. So, 
It's just the fact that uh, we got to rely on Bradford bringing an atmosphere if we're going to, if we want to... Want to enjoy the atmosphere. Yeah. Well, I hope you do enjoy it, Jack. And if for no other reason, then there'll be a giant seven-foot chicken there talking to a seven-foot robin for your entertainment. You know full well I'm doing that McCurdy celebration as well. <laughs> I've got a question though. If this is to all the Swindon fans, if I should say tomorrow we actually put on a show, we put a valiant effort, we create chances, we score a goal, and you know win a few corners, and we push the keeper to make a few saves, but lose the game, would you take it? Yeah. Now? Well, that's what that's what was saying. He's just looking for yeah. performance. Not even bothered yeah. about the points now. Just want to see a bit of fight and a bit yeah, of that's where, that's where bit I am. progress. That's bit of, you know what I mean? A bit of like I agree with. I I know we all said about the result wasn't good enough on Saturday, and yeah, Barrow was shit. But there was some little signs of, especially defensively. I thought we looked a lot more solid. I thought we, uh, yeah, and we could say Barrow were awful. They were, but it, that's got. And now we've got to build on that, and we've got to go. To, we've got to go tomorrow. Do you know what I mean? And it's got mm. a. It's got to get better, but oh my God. That, that was my point of view. When I came out, and I said we're not shit. It wasn't shit because I saw I saw that fight against Barra. So hopefully we can do that. Your namesake is saying no. It's a results game, and Jody has to prove he can get them. Which you can understand that perspective as well. I totally, I totally get the results side of it. But but for me, I just the, the points ain't going to benefit us no more. We're not going to go down. We're not going to go up. I just want to see a fight and a bit of a passion from the club and trying to get these players, trying to get the fans back on side. That's what I just, and I want to see an, an idea and a, and yeah. how we're going to go about it and how we're going to try and come up against one of the better teams in the league and actually give them a decent game and see what we can do. Uh, Woody, you're at the game tomorrow as well. What are you hoping to see from Swindon? Um. I swayed a little bit towards <laughs> I wouldn't wouldn't mind seeing a performance. <laughs> I'm only there because uh, because Liam's there as a chicken. Uh, <laughs> the chicken scared Mark. <laughs> that's, the, that's the only reason I'm going. Um, but, um, I'm I don't ever like to see us lose. So yes, if we've done what Ben said and we've lost, will I be disappointed? Probably not. I won't be angry because I'm way beyond being angry at performances mm. now. Beyond caring. Um, I don't, but the thing is, I think realistically, I don't think we've got the players now that are going to put on a performance. Unfortunately, I just think that the, the players that we know that are going to be here next season will just drift because they know they're already here next season. The players that know they're not going to be here next season, probably already on the beach, they don't give a shit. Um, and unfortunately, that's the reality. I hate it, but it's the reality of football. They know we've got nothing to play for now. Um, and it's a shame because I'm the type that will want to win every game. If we play shit and we win 1-0, I'll be just as chuffed as... Yeah, I'll be a lot more chuffed than if we fucking... Because allegedly, we're playing we're playing poor at the moment and we're not getting results. So, like, I think it's going to take a fucking miracle for us to play really well and get a result. Um, so... I think we're we're. I think to be honest, we're relying on Bradford not turning up if yeah. we're going to get a result. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, 
just before I ask Mark his views, for anyone who remembers all the pictures and stuff we took of Fools Rush Bradford away, I have to say, uh, uh, Ben, me and you had the privilege of getting to try on the uh, the, the the scene yeah. chicken helmet, and uh, they are quite weighty, aren't they? Yeah. So, no, so they... fair play to Liam and all of the mascots <coughs> up and down the league because it's not it's not a, it's not light work. It August. certainly is not light work. August must be horrid because it's hot in August. <laughs> have that thing on you for a couple of hours. It's... I no. I did this on the forty degree day. And mm. had to sign a waiver. We played Sunderland, and I, ha- I had to sign a waiver that said if I died, <laughs> couldn't sue. Essentially, because <laughs> <laughs> it was it was my choice. The club were like, "No, you don't have to do it." I was like, "No, no, I want to. I want to." Now it's a basically put it down. But, it, uh, but if you died and sued, that would be good. Well, no, yeah. I, mean, I think it meant my family couldn't. <laughs> but but when the you see about the mascot suits, they have the mascot derby. You know, like the Grand National yeah. mascots. And I, I got it. asked, I got asked to do that, and got shown. A clip of it, and I looked, and the guy that's running out at front, I'm, he's wearing a morph suit. That's that's what their their mascot was just a morph suit with a picture on it. I'm like, how is that fair when I've got this thing? It's in five pieces. Like, it's honestly, it stinks. It does smell really bad. But yeah, I'm gonna absolutely wind your mascot up tomorrow. I can't wait. On the subject of mascots, uh, Joe has asked, uh, "Do you have a mascot away day?" What do you mean? I'm guessing where all the mascots meet up and just go for a. You should do you know that. There was a mascots WhatsApp group. Yeah, I'm in a mascot WhatsApp group. Um, that's where we kind of organise to to be able to go to each other's clubs. And to be fair, it's it's like it's more of a support thing as well because you sometimes don't know how to react to certain stuff that happens. And like I went to Grimsby earlier this season, and when I was coming off the pitch, I was attacked by a Grimsby fan, and like didn't really know how on earth you handle that. So like yeah. when I spoke some one of them in the group said it had happened to them and you know, because it's like, do you carry on going to away games? How's the club gonna handle it? And yeah, so it's not that common, is it, the the mascots going to the away game as such? No. I went to Rochdale on Saturday and they said that's the first mascot this season. We haven't had one at ours this season. I think the Leighton Orient mascot wants to come to the last game of the season. We're just waiting to uh, it. No, we don't. We don't have a team building. Just got a picture of a load of mascots trying to build a bitch out of paper. No, <laughs> I, I, is... I want to see all the mascots doing like trustfuls and stuff. Trustfuls. The thing is, we're, we're all dicks, and you have to be a dick. So as soon as someone starts to try and build any sort of tower, we just knock it over because it's in the nature of doing it. It's, yeah, but I, I must admit, I, I enjoy doing it. And do you know what? I'll say to any Swindon fans watching, give me some abuse tomorrow because I, I love it. I love the abuse. Um, Verbal, not physical, of course. We don't condone yeah. violently assaulting yeah, no, any no. mascots. Not again. I'm not having that again. Well, I mean, I got into it with a steward at... Supposedly, allegedly... No, no, I did, but it wasn't what people made out. A, a steward squared up to this. Can you imagine seeing a steward squaring up to that? <laughs> like, it's a little bit embarrassing, really, isn't it? Um, but, you know, I've, I've been told good. I'll be honest with you, the communications with your club and about getting stuff organised is the best I've had in the league. Yeah, well, you're, it goes without saying that Swindon Town are the best communicators in the league. <laughs> Only when it comes to mascots. <laughs> hey, we look after your mascots, top of the league. 
there, there you go. It, it, just to start you off, Liam, uh, we've got the you're just a shit rocking Robbie. Can I just point out it's Y O U apostrophe R E. Get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Liam would be bad anyway, just sort of stroking the chicken. You must have uh, some eyebrows there. You're going to make a couple of Rocky Robins. <laughs> Rocky Robin doesn't have eyebrows. He has eyebrow. <laughs> just one line. Let's let's get this back on topic before before we do predictions, because look at Jack. He needs to go to bed. He's got to school tomorrow. Yeah, uh, Mark, actually, what play. are you hoping to see from Swindon Town? Anything other than a defeat. I think that is a, that is a, you know can we can we continue our unbeaten run to two matches? Um, <laughs> I mean, honestly, what what I'm looking for from Swindon between now and the end of the season is to earn at least at least seven points so that we e- <laughs> so, that, so that so that we equal the worst ever season ever. Ideally, I'd like eight to avoid it. Um, you have to have some kind of ambition left to play. Yes, for this season. I love that, the ambition. That's all, that's all that there is. Uh, well, what would I love to see? I'd love to see a clean sheet. It ain't going to happen, but I'd love to see one. Um, okay. Yeah, well, we're not doing predictions yet, so I'll, I'll wait for that. Well, no, I was going to say, you can kick off the predictions if you like, sir. All right, Lee. well, on, on that basis then, I think the undeniable facts are we'll win the possession battle. We'll probably end up with about 65%, maybe 70% of the ball. Um, I think we'll score. If Bradford are going to sit back, and they defend a bit deeper, then I, I fancy either Williams, Wakelin or Hepburn Murphy to break the lines and bag a goal. I don't think we'll win. I think, Brett, this has got shades of the um, the Ben Garner season where, you know, we had big expectations of, you know, getting a good result against Bradford and they just let us have the ball and then picked us off on the break. And I can see that happening. So I'm going to go for 3-1 Bradford tomorrow. I genuinely thought for a minute there you said this has got shade written all over it. I thought he said that as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jack... Oh. Prediction, please, sir. Yeah, I think 5-1 Bradford. 5-1 Bradford. Lovely and positive. Yeah, was that? Um, yeah, Mark's ball, I, I think 3-1 Bradford. I could just see us having a part of the game and just maybe getting something, but we just won't hold out. So, yeah, 3-1 Bradford. Ben? Um, I'll be positive and say 3-0 Bradford. <laughs> Would he? <laughs> Um, so when we did that little thing last Friday with looking at the games, I said we'll yeah. probably beat Bradford because Bradford has got something to play for. Um, so I'm gonna go, I think we are in for a goal fest actually. I'm gonna go 3 2 Swindon. Nice, really? Liam. What I said, nice, Liam. Oh, sorry, I thought I'd unmuted. I actually muted. Um, one all. <laughs> One all. Yeah. Uh, do you know what? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna join Woody. I'm gonna say it'll be a goal fest, and we're gonna win. And I'm gonna say five nil. No, I'm gonna say <laughs> four two. Four two. Four two win. Four. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, and then all and then all of a sudden we'll be getting dogs abused. How can you criticize Swindon? We've just turned Bradford over four two. And I'll be like, yeah, let's see what happens against Wimbledon. We're going for late title charge. I have just forgotten to mention, Liam, this will be the fifth time that I've watched Bradford this season. And And you remember, you've never won when I've watched you play. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) 
Is, is um, the thing my, my DMs are going to go wild if you beat us. Regardless of the result, yours are going to go wild. Yeah, but realistically, and I need Swindon fans to really understand this, I, I don't give a shit. <laughs> I, really, I really don't care what people say to me. It's Your just, DMs are going to go mental if we win a corner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My DMs are going to go mental if we win a corner. Um. Listen, uh, I appreciate all of your time this evening. Liam, I've got one last question before we sign off. Uh, Grant got asked the same thing the other week when he was on. Hypothetically, and it's not beyond the realms of possibility, uh, Bradford could go up this season and Hartlepool could well go down this season. So assuming that you're supporting a League One club and he's supporting a National League club, the League Two coverage is going to carry on, isn't it? 100%. Yeah, we'll pick teams out of a hat. To, to cover ourselves. It'll stay a League Two. That's what we do. We, we are going to cover you. League One also, regardless, but we're doing it separate. If you don't get Crawley, I hope you get Swindon. <laughs> I'm going to come down regardless anyway to some games next season because we're going to whoop our coverage and Grant's going to do the same. But yeah, no, we're, we are a League Two page. We're, we're going to interview people from, you know, we've, we've got Championship and Premier League players, ex-players, managers, referees lined up. But Everybody likes to watch those anyway. It's, that's about the content. But as far as like what we do in terms of discussions and Twitter, it's going to be League Two. And the League Two 606 is going to stay. And we're going to have some fun on that next season, I can tell you that. Well, thank you, as always, for coming on tonight and your contributions outside of appearing on Fools. With the, I hope you enjoy the experience tomorrow. But I hope that Bradford get a good hiding. But after that... Uh, good luck for the rest of the season. Uh, I'm sure we won't be too far away from a, a League 2606 and other lower league look-related content. Uh, as for the rest of you gentlemen, thank you very much for everyone going to the game. As we always say, be loud. Hopefully there'll be something to be proud about. And let's hope, in the words of Ben, just don't be shit. We've been Fools or Shit. Thank you very much for all your contributions. Enjoy the game and we will see you again on Friday. Good night. Cheers, guys. Take my hands. Take my whole life too. But I can't help falling in love.